Mark. Greetings, kids. Welcome to another Fat Man Beyond. I'm Kevin Smith. I am Mark Bernard. Hey. Oh. Heavens the fuck, man. Welcome, kids, uh, to an early afternoon, early evening edition of the show. Mm. Um, normally, we do this late and, and run late, but fuck no. Hell no. No, yeah, we're and we're cursing, so <laughs> grow up and deal with it. Um, <laughs> welcome back, kids. We got so much to talk about, uh, including the next time we do this show, which is literally going to be on Friday night. It's going to be me and Mark in the same place, and that same place is Smod Castle Cinemas, man. That's right. We're doing Fat Man Beyond live for the first time at Smod Castle Cinemas as part of the Ides of Mark Festival, which begins on Wednesday at Smod Castle Cinemas in New Jersey. Tell them what we're watching, Mark. I will Dune. That's right. We're watching Dune on Wednesday, which is the actual Ides of March uh, 15th Mm -hmm. at like 7 o'clock at night or something. The original Dune, not the good one, no. (laughs) Some might say. Not the Denis Villeneuve one, but the actual uh, one that David Lynch did that even Mm -hmm. David Lynch is sometimes like kind of denies. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the uh, the Alan Smithy cut of Dune, the like four-hour just assemblage of everything he shot. I guess that's the one that he doesn't really cop to but i mean he still cops to the main one the one that went out in theaters right he does he does i i, I don't know how he feels about it but he doesn't say he didn't make it uh that's march 15th that's wednesday in two days that's mm-hmm. Mod castle cinemas in atlantic highlands new jersey uh me and mark will both be there and then afterwards we're going to talk about it hell yeah fucking stop us there's the dark nate's artwork the great Nate Gonzalez did a piece for the Ides of Mark. Uh, so Wednesday night, there we go with Dune. Uh, Thursday night, shit's going to get a little fire, kids. <laughs> Streets of. Uh, Thursday is what it means to be young, my friend. Oh, my God. Excellent. Well, well put. <laughs> what a great poll. Thursday night is what it means to be young. We're going to see Ellen Aim fucking in concert, man. Um as we watch Streets of Fire, the uh, the uh, what was the fucking name? Who directed that? Walter Walter Hill. Walter the Great Walter Hill. Great Walter Hill. Diane Lane, Billy Paxton, um, Rick Moranis, Willem Dafoe, Michael Pere, Amy Madigan. Listen to that cast. Everyone in the audience, like, who the fuck are all of those people? <laughs> well, you know the Willem Dafoe. The audience. Superman's mom is indeed from, Superman's uh, mom. The Snyderverse. Um, and uh, that is on Thursday night. Indeed. And then on Friday night, we've got, tell them, Mark. There's no reason to be bored on Friday night because we are going to fucking Mongo City. That's right. Flash, Flash. Ah, We're going to watch <laughs> Flash fucking Gordon, uh, the one and only Flash Gordon. We're going to unload the boar worms on you motherfuckers. Oh, shit. Um, and then after that, we're doing our very first Fat Man Beyond live from Smodcastle. Tickets all available right now at smodcastlecinemas.com. Look at that art, artwork. I didn't understand it. And then Dark <laughs> Nate explained, I was like, what is this Brokeback Mountain? 
And he said, no, man, this is that fucking show that everybody but you watches. What is the show? It's The Last of Us, baby. And so we'll, we'll save, because I've, I've thought about the finale. I've thought about the last two episodes, but we'll save it for Friday. We'll save it for us being in person. And people like this show quite a bit, right? It's a massive hit for HBO. Some 8.2 million people watch the finale. Um, and I don't even think that's counting. Definitely not counting the seven days. Definitely not counting HBO Max. So, yeah, man. Um, so that's that's what we're looking at, kids. Today, of course, we're going to talk about, I finally saw Ant-Man. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk about maybe a little Mando talk. I haven't watched the second episode, but Mark certainly has. And I'm sure that uh, Banff Man has watched it as well. I don't know. Banff Man was in South by Southwest. He might have been busy. Banff Man, get in here and say something. Banff. Uh, I did. I downloaded it on the iPad and I watched it on the plane. How was South by Southwest? Banff Man was there working with uh, the Hollywood Reporter. Um, which we call it. You can also get tickets on csmod.com, kids. Uh, I was saying smodcastlecinemas.com, but. Uh, Will jumped in to remind me that you could also get them at csmod.com. S-E-E-S-M-O-D.com. Tickets for uh, Fat Man Beyond. Tickets for, I think, everything, probably. Anyway, back to you. How was South by? Um, A lot of work for me, so I don't know. I got some barbecue. That was good. It's oh, much yeah. better mm-hmm. organized <laughs> uh, than Sundance seemed to be. <laughs> That's my review. You? throwing some fucking shit yeah yeah uh, well, i was I just to- in Austin, like uh the week before i went down there it was kind of right before south by began for the austin film society uh does the texas film hall of fame awards and uh they inducted um friends of mine i i was the the guy who presented them and said these cats are amazing John and Janet Pearson. John Pearson sold Clerks for us. He sold. He was a producer's rep back in the day. Uh, he wrote the the indie film Bible, Spike, Mike, Slackers, and Dykes. He uh, sold Spike Lee's first film, She's Got to Have It. He sold Ro- uh, Roger and Me, Michael Moore's first film. And, of course, he sold Slacker, which I, some people go, that's Richard Linklater's first film. Technically not. He made a film before that called You Can't, you can't Learn to plow by reading a book or something like that. That's me being very nerdy, mm-hmm. deep cuts, nerdy. Um, so uh, John was inducted as was his good lady wife, Janet Pearson, who for the last 15 years up until this year ran the South by Southwest film festival. She's the one that built it into the contender that it is now where it's like right there with Sundance back in the day when she started running, it, it was Sundance. And then down here was South by and then she started bringing in huge fucking movies and guests and stuff. And now it's a premier American film festival, just like Sundance. That so was, they, um, go ahead. yeah, everything everywhere all at once premiered there last year and uh, the D and D movie this year. So it's, yeah, it's Janet, got some... Janet was, she was the one that started bringing like the big premieres there and stuff, whether you like Lena Dunham or not, she's responsible for Lena Dunham's career. Um, she brought in tiny furniture and then f- she debuted girls there as well. Um, yeah, so there's a big TV element to it. There's a big interactive element. Music is still huge at South by like it. It started as a music festival first and then they added film and then digital and, and internet and stuff like that online. But um, so I went down there and inducted those cats and also being inducted was Jonathan Majors because he's from Texas. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like the night that Creed opened, Creed Three. Um, so I followed Kang on stage, man. I was <laughs> he didn't answer. Um, he was inducted. Margot Martindale was inducted. Nice. Yeah, she was just in Cocaine Bear, I guess. And um, Mike DeLuca, you know, the executive who used to run New Line forever. He was the guy responsible for, like, Austin Powers getting made, as well as, like, a gazillion really good movies, Boogie Nights and stuff. But now he runs, I think he runs Warner Brothers, right? Or he's yeah. pretty high up at Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers film. So uh, he was, um, I'm hitting me some fucking lavender kids. Still haven't smoked weed. Tomorrow is seven weeks without smoking weed. Um, that's why the show's starting at three o'clock. Nothing to do. Got no weed to smoke. Might as well do a fucking show. Um, on time, no less. Uh, but uh, who, uh, it was a pretty cool ceremony. But that was I was there right before South By began. So JC was out there working for the Hollywood Reporter and stuff, and uh, he shot with uh, D and D cast, right? Dungeons and Dragons. So did you have Chris Pine there? Chris Pine was there. He did the entire interview as a joke, like he just made. They were like, "How did you feel about your costume?" And he just made up a story about his costume that wasn't real, but he did it for like four minutes deadpan. Wow, look at him. Michelle Michelle uh, Michelle Rodriguez was my favorite though. Is like she showed up and I had shot some stuff with her before, but she showed up with like no hair and makeup in like like a wife beater and a puffy vest and like yoga pants. And she hadn't shaved her. I don't think we're allowed to call them wife beaters. Anymore. Wife beaters. I think, uh, I think we're back to call them tank tops. White, small white tank <laughs> tops. Didn't get us fucking canceled, man. man. <laughs> uh, I just came from Texas. It rubbed off on me. No. Um, <laughs> yes, but you came from like the liberal enclave of Texas. Let's be honest. It's still Texas. Uh, and <laughs> she hadn't shaved her armpits. Um, and so, but she just doesn't care. Like, she's so cool. She just is like, I am who I am. And it doesn't matter if I'm doing press for the biggest movie of the spring. I'm just going to show up the way I, I am. She, is, awesome. I mean, I'm not, throwing, I'm not throwing shade, but is is that the biggest movie of the spring? Well, I mean, it's, it's a big release. I mean, John Wick 4 comes out a week after that, which I think is going to do better than it. But even still, like she's also got Fast X coming in well, May. Let me tell you something. I went to the movies last night uh, or yesterday afternoon uh, to see Ant-Man try to take my mind off <laughs> and shit. And, uh, you know, we had fucking an hour straight of trailers. <laughs> the first trailer I saw was the Nike movie with Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. And that Ben Affleck directed. And then the next trailer was Flash with Ben Affleck. Uh, mm. Then the next trailer was Oppenheimer with Matt Damon, who was also in the fucking Nike trailer with Ben Affleck. Then there was a Fast X trailer. Then there was a D&D trailer. Both had Michelle Rodriguez. And is that her name? Michelle Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Like they got three actors in Hollywood <laughs> and they're in every fucking movie. That's it. Like it was so weird as I was watching it going like, man, can't they spread this shit around? I mean, I know Ben and Matt have to be in the one movie and stuff. Because Ben directed it. I mean, they don't have to, but makes sense. Um, but Matt features pretty prominently in the Oppenheimer trailer as well. 
I mean, Jonathan Majors has now cycled out. Like his time in being the guy everywhere seems yeah. to be over. It's like, all right, let's let these other guys take a take an inning or two. Let me tell you, it's going to be tonight. Today's show is majorly about majors because uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, we'll be the last people in the world talking about Ant Man, uh, mm-hmm. and then we'll also talk about Creed Three because I saw Indeed. that. And you, Mark, you saw Creed Three. I saw Creed Three. Man, you saw Creed Three. I did. Everyone is. We, we are. We're all up to date with Creed. We are. Yeah. Have you seen any of uh, History of the World Part Two? Not yet, man. I almost clicked on it last night, but uh, my, you know, fucking Oscars was happening, so I felt some sort of responsibility as a something, somewhat of a member of the film community uh, <laughs> to pop in from time to time. But like, it's so. It's just so rough watching those shows. Uh, not not because I'm like, man, I get nominated for nothing, but just like, so like when they you know bring up two people and they're like, movies are magic, you know, all that fucking, <laughs> all that shit before they read the actual nominees, like just lose it all, man. Like just let them get up there and be like, the nominees are and fuck off. But all that, like you know, each one reads a paragraph about how fucking amazing Hollywood is. Got a little. Well, I mean, I I can I can absorb that stuff, and I guess we're going to talk about the Oscars for a little bit. The thing this ceremony had that none of them have had before is in-program advertisement. Like, I don't ever remember them saying, "Hi, I'm Melissa McCarthy, and I'm you know Chloe from from Grownish. I'm in the new Little Mermaid. So am I." It's exciting for us to be in the new Little Mermaid. And thanks to Disney and his 100th anniversary, we're going to show you the Little Mermaid trailer. They're standing on the Oscars stage doing this. You know why that one works? Because ABC, it's fucking ABC and Disney. No, but did. then Warner Brothers had another thing where it's fucking like Samuel L. Jackson and somebody else saying, you know what? No, it was Morgan Freeman. It was Morgan Freeman. It was like, Warner Brothers is great. Warner Brothers is also celebrating its 100th anniversary. Let's roll a clip montage of Warner Brothers stuff from the Oscars stage. Like, I've never seen them toss to a commercial for a movie studio from that stage. And then it went to other commercials. I've just never seen them sort of mortgage out that time to just who paid for it. Okay. Uh, It was, um, I I mean, again, like, I'm happy for all the people that won and shit, but you know, at one point, like I watched the opening monologue, which was, ugh. and then and then uh, they were talking about, you know, hey man, the show's going to be long because we put every category back in this year. Like, wow, that's mighty nice of you. Um, but it don't have to be that long. I mean, and this is my hot take: the Oscars don't have to be that fucking long. Just, just fucking get up there, read your read your cat, read your nominees, and announce the winner, and move the fuck on. Less time of like a couple of famous jackasses talking about the magic of Hollywood, Hollywood's biggest night, and more time for a motherfucker who won to say some shit. Like I saw the dude win for um for the whale. I guess there's three of them and who made the fat suit. And the one guy got to talk, and then the lady goes to talk, and they're like bam, 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 and they're playing her off. And you know, it's like I, I would be so irritated if I was the second or third person. I tell you, man, I'd be jockeying for position at that mic. But they don't have to do that if they cut off like fucking Margot Robbie and 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 yeah, uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. It's like I don't give a shit about this 
pre-written pattern shit. Just let, you know, you want to impress me, let them go up there and fucking fend for themselves and shit. <laughs> you know, just make shit up off the top of their head. Never mind reading this fucking, this stuff about how great Hollywood is. Ugh. But um, yeah, that was my one take. I didn't watch the whole thing so much so that I was asking Mark right before. Like, what one best picture? <laughs> did what, what did it? Did anything win? Uh, yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once was the big and one, and that right? was expected and and totally deserving. I, I don't know if it was films I've ever seen. I don't, I don't, I don't think it was. I think that that there was a lot of consensus that Tar was going to be the big winner of the night. They thought that Kate Blanchett for sure was going to win Best Actress. They thought that the movie was going to win Best Movie. You know, they thought that. Kihu Kwan was probably going to win Best Supporting Actor, but I think they felt that was about it. Maybe original screenplay, but it really went, yeah. I, I going into it. They had won the SAG Awards. They had they had been cleaning up. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis was a total shock. I, I thought for sure that was going to be for as much as I was invested in this shit. Believe me, I wasn't like I talked to my bookie and odds maker, and I had this. <laughs> it felt like it was going to be Angela Bassett. But uh, then it was Jamie Lee Curtis. That one was kind of surprising, but it wasn't surprising to see a, a short round win. Um, no, yeah, he did. It's. I, I was talking to a couple of friends after the ceremony who were like, yeah, Angela Bassett was robbed. And I'm like, listen, she did phenomenal work in 15 minutes of that movie. Yeah. But it's not about the performance. It's about the narrative around the performance. It's about the story that you're telling to Hollywood along the awards trail. And that's why Kihu Kwan won, because the guy who gave up acting, the guy who had, you know, was discovered as a child and then never got a shot again, who comes back 30 years later and delivers great stuff. Jamie Lee Curtis has a great fucking story, is that I was a horror queen who <laughs> did silly comedies and who just kind of vanished and was selling like poop yogurt for a while. And this was my last fucking hurrah. And so now I got I'm nominated for an Oscar. Like that's a great story. Brendan Fraser is a great story. You yeah, know. Brendan Fraser is a great story. Totally. Hugh Kwan is a great story. And Michelle Yeoh uh, is a great Michelle story. Michelle Yeoh is a great story. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's uh, like if you had won an Oscar before, you were not going to win an Oscar that night. And, and so I, I ain't taking anything away from Jamie Lee Curtis, who I've always loved, but like, you know, uh, uh, it's a pretty tight category. It was. She walked away with it. Was was kind of uh, that was surprising to me. I ain't against it or anything, but I was like, wow, I, I wouldn't have bet that. I would have lost the Oscar pool based on that one. <laughs> but I knew I would have won with everything, everywhere, all at once. Like I saw that movie when it first the week it came out, and it was such a fucking crazy original movie. So wonderful. I was happy to see that get awarded like crazy. Um, but what else won? Um, all Quiet on the Western Front did well. And and what is and that's a German movie somebody said it's a German World War One movie, um, based on a novel. And yeah, I know I know the book that I did not read in high school, but that was, <laughs> it was it was, <laughs> it was made by it was a German film, so was it, it up for best picture or best foreign film? Uh, both. And, both. Ooh. Yeah, both. Up for both. Yeah. That that movie had two slots and. Clerks three couldn't have one. <laughs> you had a great narrative, man. I guess, man. I guess I got to go to Germany and make a movie so I can get an American award. <laughs> clerks. Got, I'm hitting my fucking lavender, Mark. That really fucking did it. <laughs> Start drinking this shit. You just watch. Yeah, fucking... <laughs> um, what else? Won? I know the song from RRR one. Yes. Not to not to. Um, 
And uh, ooh. I think we all kind of won, though, because after everything all at once won, they strategically had Harrison Ford present the award and Kihu Kwan ran up and gave him a hug. So oh, come on. So there's shots all over the internet of him hugging Indiana Jones on top of him hugging Harrison Ford last night. So that's that's, that's the win. I want to see that picture. Um is he is I thought maybe short round would pop up in in Dial of Destiny. Is that not a thing? Nobody knows. I mean, in a world where he's like, you know, fucking on fire after everything everywhere all at once, I thought somebody would do the smart thing and be like, oh, my God, put him in this Dial of Destiny movie and then make him the next Indiana Jones. Just won an Oscar. He's back, <laughs> right? So in a world where, like, you know, they were talking at one point about, like, maybe Chris Pratt could be the new Indiana Jones. How about not? How about you make short round the new Indiana Jones and let him have a whole fucking movie? That guy's got got years mileage on that car i mean what what i want is the short round marcus brody tv show <laughs> like short round marcus brody and sala like oh, wait, young marcus sala brody, marcus brody's dead right it's all it's young marcus brody it's young sala and it's middle-aged fucking kihu kwan like, how, do you, how do you make that work it's fucking i don't know magic but <laughs> or but no because because temple of doom is a prequel that comes before raiders and yeah. so you could you could age that dude up. It's probably not Kihuquan. It's Kihuquan remembering shit. But yeah, all right, I'll take that. Yeah, but I just I love the because I don't th- I don't think you're going to get a new Indiana Jones anytime soon. But there's the whole rest of that fucking cast. And so like young doddering gay Marcus Brody and fucking svelte badass Sala, like scouring the world for shit that they shouldn't put in museums. I watched that. DK Daniel 01 in chat said they filmed Indy 5 before everything, everywhere, all at once came out. But still, once you, yeah, but come on. Reshoots. They did yeah, Like, fucking, you think that was the only time they shot that movie? Come on. So, in that world, I would have been like, oh my God, let's get a fucking short round cameo in here. Especially mm-hmm. with, you know, it opens, the trailer opens with Sala talking. Mm-hmm. So, if you really want fucking to appeal to somebody's nostalgia, I just from the if Oscars, you don't right? if you don't put him in there, it would be as big of a crime as never putting Han, Luke, and Leia back in the same scene while you have the chance. <laughs> like, why it's wouldn't any, you do it's it? All anybody wanted, man. Why wouldn't you do it? Uh, Tom C in chat says, "Kihu Kwan as short round returning artifacts to their original resting place to avoid curses, assassins, guardians." That's not a bad idea, right there. Mm-hmm. Take it like it's Indiana Jones has died and fucking he left everything to short round and short rounds like I got to put all this shit back. <laughs> if it's fucking like, you know, Ocean's Eleven meets Indiana Jones where it's I got to steal shit from like British museums and return it back to the places that they just stole them from. Fuck, that's fucking dope. I've watched that. I've watched and then that the too. end credit scene is Shia LaBeouf sitting there going, he left it all to that kid. <laughs> what about me what about mutt and they're like well mutt you shouldn't have said shit about steven spielberg yeah so, uh, shut spielberg up. Did, so wait did the fablemans win anything last night no no it was nominated they should have won best last scene of a movie that wasn't <laughs> clerks three that's what i'll say um that final scene in fucking fablemans with uh david lynch 
as John Ford was just fucking magical. I still rewatch that scene over and over again. Yeah, I was surprised that that John Williams didn't get the win. Just like sentimental, like 92 years old, still working, the most nominated person in the history of the Oscars. Just this is the last time, guys. What won best for? Um I think it was I think it was all quiet on the Western Front. What? I think so. It was either, John Williams. I think it was either that or it not was. Like I remember the Fableman score, but you're right. It's like this is. Come on, man. So isn't it the last time he's doing? Or did he do Temple uh, Dial of Destiny? I don't think he did Dial of Destiny. Uh, he did themes for Dial of Destiny. It was all quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. Um, but he did say that he was retiring, but he would come back if Steven Spielberg asked him in the future. So it's like a soft retirement. Uh, composer uh, Kabuki Kid in chat says, composer Volker Bertelmann won the Academy Award for Best Score at the 2023 Oscars for his musical accompaniment to the war film remake All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, Elvis win anything? No. Um, I don't think so. Uh, watch the movie before you get outraged, Kevin, says Bruce R. All Quiet was a great movie. I'm not outraged. I ain't outraged. I got fucking Lavender right here. <laughs> I can be outraged. Um, I am kind of outraged that, uh, you know, um, I'm not outraged at all. Are you kidding me? You think I got any skin in this fucking game? They don't even like me in this town. <laughs> We're in town for that matter. <laughs> that's why I'm in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, well, right now I'm not. But technically, yeah, that's why I'm usually in Jersey now. But uh, no, I, I just felt like in a world of narratives, right, where fucking Mark was talking about like, mm -hmm. hey, it's a great story for Jamie Lee Curtis to win. It's a great story for Key Kwan to win. It would have been a great story for John Williams to win. Yeah, that's that's where I would have put my money. Um, somebody said that, um, uh, they showed a piece of yoga hosers in the pre-show because of Austin Butler, because he was in mm. yoga hosers. And that's the closest I've ever gotten to the fucking Oscars. Shy of Ben and Matt, who won for Goodwill Hunting, and promptly forget to thank me and Scott. <laughs> um, Hollywood's biggest night. I spent... Most of it going between the ceremony and then watching Saturday Night Live clips from the Jenna Ortega episode. Did you happen to see any of it? I haven't seen it. No. They did one uh, fucking funny sketch called like School versus School or something like that on PBS. I don't know if it's a real show or not, but the idea is like uh, teachers and their best students face off against mm. their schools. And, um, you know, for, there was one school is like from New Jersey or some sort of shit. And the other school was like professor Xander school for gifted children it was kind of like the <laughs> and they had uh mikey day like bald skin in fucking the yellow <laughs> cartoon, wheelchair. Like, fucking wheelchair and they also had jenna ortega essentially playing a version of rogue um but it was pretty funny man it was a good sketch i don't know why they didn't just go for it and say they're x-men why they or you know i didn't yeah, see, why? I, I didn't i didn't see the point in like kind of renaming them but you knew exactly who they were. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Satire is your friend, guys. Just say yeah. with the X-Men. What are they worried? They're going to get sued by Disney? <laughs> Disney was too busy fucking promoting the fuck out of itself all over its Oscar cast. <laughs> have you met, Have we mentioned that we're Disney? Oh, man. Um, 
Well, congratulations to all the fucking Oscar winners. I'm sure your lives are so much better now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a little, wonderful moment when they get up there and like thank their parents or like, you know, this is for everybody that looks like me and stuff like that. That part yeah. I like. I, I wish it would the Oscar cast was just the fucking acceptance speeches. That's that's when it's emotional. And we only really care when it's emotional. That's truly, man. Like, let them get up there and fucking tear their hearts out, rip your hearts out in the process, talking about how long it took to get there and, and the dreams and stuff. Mm-hmm. Juan was just like, you know, his, he thanked his wife because, you know, she was like, your day's coming. Which I'll be honest with you, like fuck, who could have seen that? She must be a magician. <laughs> like seriously, like if you ever would have guessed, like you know, was the guy who was in fucking in the Temple of Doom and Goonies one day gonna win an Oscar? Like years down, <laughs> decades later. So his his wife is a, a, a what do they call that shit when you could see into the future? Prognosticator. I was going to use that word, but that seems a little technical. Isn't there a more... It's not as much fun. She's not yeah. a seer. There you go. Maybe she's <laughs> a seer. Um, what, are the, what were they in the fucking... The three witches in uh, in Macbeth? These are just witches, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you said it right there. <laughs> what are those three witches? What do they call them? These witches. Rich Williams says sober Kev isn't as all loving as Stone Kev. Yeah, we'll see when I review Ant Man. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, he is. Clairvoyant. Somebody said clairvoyant. Yeah, I'll take that. Or an oracle. That's what I was looking for. Oracle. oracle. Uh, the 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 witches are called the fates. All the Regular. diviners. His his wife is a, a, an oracle, a diviner. She's prescient. Somebody else pointed out. It's an oracular spectacular. Um, Samuel Bankson said Clerks Three was just depressing. Yeah, yeah, because life is fucking depressing. You want to get yourself a bottle of lavender, buddy? I love Clerks 3. Uh, I watched, you know, we just had last uh, weekend uh, Clerks open all night. That's what we did at the theater on Friday night. So from like midnight till seven in the morning, we had a full house and we watched Clerks and then Clerks 2 and Clerks 3. And between each one, we were auctioning off stuff and whatnot. But I watched all three movies back to back to back and watched everybody age. Um, <laughs> with the exception of yours truly, who actually aged a little bit backwards. That's the the you know, if you lose weight, you just that's what happens. You just look younger for some reason. Um so yeah, I, I watched Silent Bob go from old to older to younger than the two of them. Uh, but but man, what a good time we had. And then the next night. We had the premiere of a horror film called The Forest Hills, uh, directed by Scott Goldberg. And uh, he had uh, Eddie Furlong was in it. So he came out. He was at the theater. Um, And we had, and Shelly Duvall is in it. So she zoomed in um, for the post show discussion, QA. And uh, I was kind of hosting, but also trying to let Scott be his own host. Mm -hmm. Um, but at one point, Shelly Duvall like fucking talked about, she's like, it was nice to have a director who wasn't trying to kill me. And I wanted to mind that because I <laughs> she, you know what she's talking about. She's talking about the bathroom that Mark's in right now, the shining bathroom and shit. She's talking about how like on the shining, if you've never seen that making of the shining documentary, like, 
Kubrick was not kind to that woman. And yeah. I, I think she was referencing that. Can't yes. imagine she was talking about Robert Altman and Popeye. <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> bring up Altman and stuff. And somebody was like, Popeye. I was like, well, yeah, and Nashville. But yes, Popeye. Um, uh, is the movie about the neighborhood in Queens, Forest Hills? It's not. It's about, <laughs> the, it's the Forest Hills. And it's about, it's a werewolf story. Oh, okay. Or is it? That's kind of the point of the movie. Um, but the, uh, the the post-show discussion was good. She also referenced real quickly, and I wanted to follow up on that, but then they uh, chucked them all off Zoom, that Francis Ford Coppola wanted to do an episode of Fairy Tale Theater, which was a show that Shelley Duvall like, single-handedly fucking produced for Showtime back in the day, that um, had a bunch of famous people doing fucking fairy tales and stuff. Mm -hmm. She said Coppola wanted to direct one just so he could work with video because they shot the whole thing like on video as opposed to film. And uh, I thought that was interesting. And then that topic kind of went away. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's what we did at Smod Castle last weekend. This week, of course, as previously mentioned, when we started the show, and if you didn't hear it and you're coming in late, this Wednesday starts the Ides of Mark at Smod Castle Cinemas. Me and Mark Bernardin, this way, me and Mark Bernard, me and Mark Bernardin, <laughs> I'm never good at this, um, are going to be at Smod Castle showing a mini 80s film festival that starts with Dune, uh, The One True Dune by David Lynch. That's on Wednesday night. On Thursday night, we're watching Streets of Fire with Superman's mom, Diane Lane. And then on Friday night, Flash, Lightning Bolt. Ah! Wow, wow. Yeah, Flash Gordon with the fucking Queen score. Um, and then after that, we're doing our very first Fat Man Beyond live from Smock House of Cinema. So this ain't the only Fat Man Beyond you're going to see this week, kids. No. And that is the first Fat Man Beyond live we've done on the Eastern Seaboard. I was I, I was going to, I yeah, on the Eastern Seaboard. We went further east and did it in England once, if I remember. We, we did. We did one in London, and we did one in, what was that, St. John, was that it? The oh, one that's shit. up in Canada? Yeah, yeah up in Canada, in, in Nova Scotia. Nova Rock Scotia. Um, we also did one at the other little Smod Castle next to um, the Quick Stop, and you zoomed in. You weren't there. Right. But this is the first time we're doing it together. You want to go to any of that? You want to see Dune with me and Mark and then talk about it afterwards? You want to watch Streets of Fire? You want to sing along? Streets Ooh. of Fire, feel it in your soul. Tonight is what it means to be young. You want to fucking watch Flash Gordon or watch us flash our Gordons when we do fucking Fat Man Beyond afterwards? <laughs> Go get tickets right now at csmod.com or smodcastlecinemas.com. Would you like to know which movie is selling best? Oh, I would. It's easy to tell because the two of them are on a Wednesday and a Thursday and the one on Friday is selling best. <laughs> now, they could just be people are like, fuck, I want to see Flash Gordon on the big screen. Um, but Flash Gordon's outselling the other two uh, by by like double numbers and shit. Batman mm. Beyond is outselling all of them. Nice. I mean, I wonder if it's because. And did we talk about it last week? Were we supposed to talk about it this week? Um, Topol, the fellow who played Hans Zarkov, passed away. Did he? He did. He did. Of a long. Uh, he was in Fiddler on the Roof. He was. Um, yeah, no, he passed away from uh, Alzheimer's, complications from Alzheimer's. Oh, man. Yeah. 
It's no fucking good way out of this life. Could you imagine you're the star of fucking Fiddler on the Roof and you also get to play uh, Dr. What's his name? Hans Zarkov. Zarkov. You're playing Dr. Zarkov. Argo. You're playing Dr. Zarkov (laughs) and you're like, fucking A, I'll never die. And then one day you fucking die. It ain't fair. (laughs) It armored me, girl. I guess that's why you got to appreciate people um, while they're here. Absolutely. And, and you got to appreciate every moment, man. Every moment passes, you don't get it back. And we tend to forget that, like, it all ends. Memento Mori, kids. Something they used to put on settlers' graves. Uh, it means, remember, you must die. That's how we should begin and end every show. Fuck Jeff's kiss. Should be like, <laughs> Memento Mori. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not meant to be, uh, like, crimson and shit. It's meant to remind you that, like, this ain't no day is promised and fucking tomorrow may not happen. So fucking remember you must die. And, and sometimes I think uh, I tend to forget that all the time, but Oh yeah, it's going to all stop. Isn't it? I just think it's going to go on and on. I think I'm going to, I think year after year, I'm just going to continue to be ignored by the Academy until one day. <laughs> the Academy <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah, I got to remember all the time that it fucking all comes to a close. Doesn't it? I just remember that from the title of an X-Files episode. Memento yeah, Mori. Memento Mori was the episode. That's right. It was the title. Yeah, of the Scully episode. was looking for her the, the the origin story behind her dad's death, I believe. That is um, that's some deep cuts right there. Ain't nobody talking about the X-Files but us, kids. <laughs> you tuned in to fucking watch them talk about Ant-Man. Take a back seat to our discussions about the X-Files. <laughs> Season five, episode three. Memento what's your favorite? What's your favorite X uh, Files episode? One of mine is hands down Clive Bruckman. Clyde Druckmann's Final Repose. So good. Aw- I still talk about like you know when he Cl- Peter Boyle, who is so wonderful in it, plays this guy who could like see how people are gonna die, and he's 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 talking to Mulder and and uh, you know Fox Mulder's like, well, how do I die? And he goes, well, I'm not gonna tell you. He's going, but. All I'm going to say is audio autoerotica asphyxiation is a really fucking sad way to go. <laughs> Which was <laughs> yeah. funny because like part of Mulder's storyline was he loved pornography. Yep. Um, and then it, <laughs> even better than that is like, he's trying to tell Scully and Scully's like, I don't want to hear it. And then finally she turns around. She's like, all right, how do I die? And Peter Boyle goes, you don't. Mm. Which was such a fucking awesome moment. It means like she, she never dies she'll never get older she never dies she's in cocoon four man (laughs) she's a brimley um i love that one i loved um pusher if you remember that one it was the guy who could push thoughts into other people's minds yeah um i thought that was freakish as fuck and then i one where uh beyond the sea where scully's dad dies Mm -hmm. like first they're visiting her and then her her dad and her mom, and then they leave, and then she's falling asleep watching TV, and she wakes up, and she sees her father sitting in the chair across from her, and she's, like, confused. She's like, oh, my God, you guys came back? And he's just going, like, he's talking, but you can't hear him and shit. And then the phone rings, and she goes to answer it, and she turns around, and he's not there anymore. And they tell him, like, Dad just died and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where they go see Brad Dorif. Remember, he plays that guy in jail where he's, yeah, like, spontaneous combustion. No, no, no. That's the one where he's the guy who he's the killer who he says, like at one point he calls her Starbuck and shit. And he's saying that her dad is in him as well. Mm. Um, he's the 
not Monty Props. Monty Props is the guy. I don't think they ever did an episode with him. But remember in the first episode of X-Files, you know, she's like, they're like, are you familiar with Fox Mulder? And she's like, yeah, he's the one that wrote the biograph on Monty Props that got him killed. The profile on Monty Props that got him captured. He was a serial killer. Mm. They should fucking do that, man. Maybe they did. Maybe I missed that episode. But like. I don't, I like talking about it makes me want to rewatch it. But that's a lot of fucking x-files like there was 11 seasons and what was the one that where oh um oh jose chung's from outer space was that what it was <laughs> with uh trebek and, and uh, trebek's in it as, uh, and, and ventura uh, yes. yeah jesse the body as men in black that was a great episode too i th- uh that was the one with um like like where they're telling the story and and the one guy like the one cop in the town has a real mouth and and like dirty mouth and he he flat out says he goes what the bleep is bleeping going on (laughs) um all right you know what fucking enough of this shit should we sell some shit yeah hey kids you know we got a sponsor and it's a wonderful sponsor because this sponsor has been with us the whole the whole ride the whole, the, like, family, as they say in those movies that I don't watch. Um, which I saw a trailer for Fast X, and I was like, it seems like they got their own thing going on. <laughs> Ten <laughs> movies in, yeah. <laughs> Figured out their own thing. Um, it was weird. It was like, it's, it's so strange to be somebody who spends so much time enmeshed with pop culture, but, like, those movies... I've I've completely missed those movies, all of them. So as I was watching this trailer, and they're like, "Ride or die, man!" Like one last ride. What is this meant to be the last one? Uh, I think there's two more. I think there's Fast X, and then there's whatever the last one is going to be called. Fast Eleven. Yes. Fast to Heaven. What do I know? They seem to be doing very well. Um, you know who's doing very well, kids? Tell us, folks at Native nativedeo.com here do me a favor why don't you go to nativedeo.com slash fat man right now to follow along because you could use the promo code fat man at checkout and you can get a sweet 20 percent off your first order man that's nativedeo.com slash fat man or use that promo code fat man at checkout you get 20 percent off your first order and whatever you're like wait what is native well let me tell you native they make they make amazing deodorants, just amazing deodorants, as well as other things, man. But like the deodorant, like they make skin wash and hair wash and skin wash. Is that a thing? Body wash, I guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of this new concept, skin wash, kid? Um, they uh, the good folks at Native. They have a candy kit going on right now. Um, They've got this limited edition candy shop collection um, featuring gummy bears. You want to smell mm-hmm. like gummy bears under your armpits? Like you can smell like gummy bears there. Well, A, you could stick one there, but that's gross. Or you can use the native DEO version of it. They got strawberry and vanilla taffy. Who don't mm-hmm. like taffy unless you're, you know, fucking from the modern day and age. <laughs> Yes, this is for people that actually know what taffy is. We were born in the... Oh, my taffy! <laughs> they got Sourberry Belt, um, which I've uh, I've smelled the Sourberry Belt. I put some of that on the other day. Yeah. 
Did you feel tart? I was followed by a thousand bees. It was um, was good. I smelled like candy. People were just like, who's eating sour belly, sour berries? And I was not me because I wasn't. I wasn't lying. Yeah, my pits are eating it. Yeah, eating it right up. Stopped me from fucking sweating and shit. You know Native for their aluminum or aluminum, if you're in the UK, uh, free deodorant. Native keeps their ingredients list bare naked, kids. Just that we like it. With ingredients you understand, like coconut oil, we all get that. Shea butter, we all understand that. And baking soda, we all, I don't know, what what is baking soda normally used for? Do you, what do they, do they put it in bread? Is that what I, I will say that uh, tip, the first word of baking soda is what baking soda is used for. Oh, I thought you said the tip. Like, I was like, you put I mean, it it's on. also that. Uh, native deodorant checks Helps a lot. rise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Native deodorant checks a lot of boxes. 72-hour odor protection, naturally derived ingredients, and a smooth, residue-free application. Man, that's how you want it in life. You want it smooth and residue-free. Native also offers a variety of scents, with new and limited edition scents being released all the time. Uh, when you use Native, you will smell amazing all day long, thanks to their long-lasting scents, man. They got better than common sense, uncommon sense. Want to smell spicy and woodsy, sweet or clean and fresh? Well, Native has a scent option for everyone. Now's the time to make the switch from an antiperspirant. Ugh, just sounds so horrible. To Native, that sounds way better. When you visit their site, you could discover all these fresh scents and maybe even try out one of their body washes while you're at it. That's what they call it, not skin wash. <laughs> skin wash is something like a fucking serial killer uses to treat the fucking hides of people he... <laughs> strips off their bones and shit he's like would you like to bleach your largest organ let me help you with this skin wash natives like can you please not talk about serial killers and (laughs) Uh, i love native uh it's it's my deodorant that's what i use and for years i didn't use deodorant until we started doing spots for native and i was like well can't fucking sell it unless i know if it works Mm. i started using it man I, i love the fucking uh candy cane I love the gingerbread cookie. I love, you know, they they just do scents that make sense. Sense that makes sense. There it is. Uh, what are you what are you fucking doing watching this show when you can be over at nativedeo.com slash fatman and using the promo code fatman at checkout to get a sweet 20% off your first order, man. That's nativedeo.com. The letters D-E-N-O.com. Slash fat man, or use the promo code fat man at checkout for 20 percent off your first order. Uh, that's nativedeo.com, kids. And we thank the good folks at Native for sponsoring the show. Probably their last one after I fucking jumped in with like serial killers love this shit. <laughs> if Native hasn't abandoned us yet, I don't think they ever will. They also, I believe, make a lavender as well. Ooh, see, there you go. Lavender, very common, kids. Weed used to be calming, but now I got this. I traded weed for a little bottle of fucking Bulgarian lavender. What's my problem? Just do and, do lines of it off a stripper's ass. Yeah. There it is. Uh, all right. We're done selling shit. Uh, now we should uh, talk about some stuff. Future Maya, Futurama, yeah. Says I brush my teeth with baking soda. Can you do that? Is that a thing? I guess they put that in toothpaste, right? Like Arm and Hammer baking soda, and they make an Arm and Hammer fucking toothpaste. 
Mm. Did you know that Heinz made peanut butter? Why? I, that's what I thought. But I was at a place where they fucking gave me like a peanut, single peanut butter cup that you spread, you open it mm. up, and it was from Heinz. And I was like, they make peanut butter as well? I mean, maybe they got the whole miniaturization tech down. So this is, what do you need in a cup? We'll put whatever the fuck you want in a cup. That's what I believe it says in Pittsburgh on the back of Heinz. We'll put whatever the fuck you want in a cup. <laughs> I mean, I ain't telling them to like stay in your fucking lane, do ketchup. Like they can do whatever they want. But like, do you ever hear of Heinz doing peanut butter? No. And I would have thought that ketchup would have been a lucrative enough business to be like, we'll just be the only people who give anybody ketchup. Gotta be, yeah. I mean, the you know, other people, you got the Hunts brothers coming in there and be like, Well, what if we smashed a tomato? What about us? What if it was cats up? Yeah. Um, Go fuck yourself, Hunts. <laughs> could you imagine like <laughs> You're Heinz, and you've like really conquered the fucking condiment market. And then you're like, oh, by the way, let's also do peanut butter. That seems greedy. That's what I'm saying, man. That's why Heinz don't sponsor this show because we're always coming down on. <laughs> always. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> fucking with Heinz. <laughs> uh, Guillaume Labelle in chat said Heinz Gruber. <laughs> I like a little. I'm 52 years old, so I like a punny wordplay every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Walter yeah. MC said, Bick makes pens, razors, and lighters. Yeah, fair enough. I guess everyone's allowed to make whatever the fuck they want. I guess. You know. I suppose. <laughs> show just fucking derail. <laughs> yeah, as we all just existentially wrestle with, I guess we all should be allowed to make whatever the fuck we <laughs> Yeah, like, what are we fucking doing here? I guess we do more than one thing. We do this show, we do fucking shows that we write, and fucking, yeah, I, I, look, Heinz is like, fuck you, you spent a lot of plates, we're in peanut butter. Yeah, listen, we just do thicker fucking fluids and shit, and we, we do spreads. If you can spread it, we fucking do it. Leave us alone. Jinx2501 said, Heinz Kang's up. Uh, it was a good segue. We're back. Just to uh, Ant-Man and, and the Wasp, colon, Quantumania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark saw it already and, and talked about it on the last show. And if I remember correctly, boy, did he love it. I was a huge fan. Um, but I finally caught up with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes, uh, how did you I'm- feel? I'm not going to say spoilers because it's a review. So I saw somebody in chat going like, don't fucking say spoilers. I won't. Anything you want. Just fucking love Mm. me. Um, (laughs) The movie opened 19 weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly, I I was kind of in a bad place yesterday. So I was like, you know what? It'll put me in a good place. Going to see a good old Marvel movie in the theaters. And uh, I will say this. What put me in a good place was I, w- I was in a th- I went to see it at City Walk. And when I left the theater, I happened to notice like there was a, a seating capacity written on the door, 86 seats. And there were those like zzz, zzz seats. So movie theaters are getting fucking smaller. Smod Castle, like the main theater is 230 seats. Then it's like the next one down is like 175, 150. 120 and our smallest theater is like 98 or something or maybe 102 it's it's so crazy um less less seats makes no sense to me but i guess their idea is like well if it's comfier seat you'll get people to come out uh my it's also that and because i remember when i when i uh went to go see godzilla versus kong at city walk and we rented a theater 
And so it was like me and three other people rented a theater to go see Godzilla vs. Kong. There was like 20 seats in that in that box. They were all reclining seats, which is great. But it was like, listen, if a movie's not making a bunch of money, but we still want to have it in the theater, who's coming out to see it? 80 people going to come? Probably not. Are 20 people going to come? Maybe. So they just they just begin to, to shrink them even further and further and further. I think their biggest house is like 300. But then you get down to the the tiny matchbook of like, hey, it's you and six other people. Enjoy. Yeah, it's I, look as a guy who owns a movie theater, as a guy who is an exhibitor, mm. so much so that I get to go to fucking CinemaCon at the end of <laughs> April, where I'm gonna see the fucking Flash before any of yous, before you, before fucking silly ass Bamf man, for any of the people in this audience, I get to see Flash. I, me. Fucking theater owner Kev Smith, member of NATO, National Association of Theater Owners. Um, that's uh, that that's that's I, I'm gonna go. There's a panels. It's just kind of like Comic Con as well. So they got panels. One of the panels that I want to go to is one about food. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because that's a big part of the fucking film exhibition exhibition business. You don't really make money showing movies. That's for damn sure. Um, so I'm curious how others do it. We got uh, we're uh, very close to securing our liquor license mm. that we can open an, a bar in the theater and fucking serve drinks and shit. Um, but yeah, I, I you know look, I love fucking Smodcastle Cinemas and shit. Me and my friends bought it a few months ago, as I've said ad nauseum. But this is the worst time to fucking own a movie theater. Like the opening night of Creed three, seven o'clock show, we had like six people. But meanwhile, for clerks open all night, packed house, son. <laughs> um, and also, mind you, we didn't charge no Creed three price of ten bucks. That's what it costs to see a movie. It's my castle, ten bucks. Unless you're military, then it's seven bucks. Um, but uh, you know, when we do events like like events where I'm going to be there, or we got guests and whatnot. Like it was, I think the clerks. Open all night was 37 bucks a ticket, 37 and 69 if you bought a blanket. Like we, you know, because mm-hmm. everyone was sleeping over more or less. Um, that's my secret to surviving in movie exhibition. I just charge way more. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I went to see it in 86 uh, seat theater, you know, with the fucking lie down seats and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest, like, I I can't give you a complete review because I was exhausted and I fell asleep. I really have to stop falling asleep while watching (laughs) movies in a movie. I've become such an old man. But the most delightful part of it, and it turned my frown upside down and uh, took care of my blues for a minute or two, was there were kids in there. Mm -hmm. Like, and when I say kids, I don't mean like fucking four-year-olds and shit. They sound, sound like they were like, nine to 11 in that range mm-hmm. who loved modok <laughs> and every time modok was on the screen they were fucking laughing hysterical not in derision mind you not going like what like just they were delighted by the modok character storyline everything they were just it was all smiles and laughter from those kids and then after when the lights came up all they talked about as they walked out was Modoc. They're like, oh man, remember when he said, like, you don't always have to be a dick or whatever? 
And I was like, did he? <laughs> I must have slept through that. Part. <laughs> I was a grip. I was napping. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. Modog uh, was Corey Stoll. Like, mm-hmm. uh, was, it was pretty good. I know some people were mad that it wasn't like the real Modoc origin, but I thought it was kind of cool the way they brought him back and made him Modoc and made sense. Uh, the movie itself. What can I say? Um, I liked it. I mean, I know we're not meant to compare these things and stuff, but like, it's not my least favorite Marvel movie. Um, and when I say least favorite, uh, you know, there's, I, I, I feel like, man, I don't want to get in trouble for this, but I feel like Eternals was a tougher sit for me than Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. But that being said, it didn't feel like the first two. It didn't have the same kind of charm as the first two. Um, the quantum realm, or as we 70s kids call it, the microverse, <laughs> just because they don't have the fucking rights to say that anymore, don't mean it ain't the microverse. Um, was you know, creative as fucking allowed for like you know, dreamscapes and shit like that. Uh, but, um, I don't know, I, I, I feel like we probably would have fared better if everything took place on, on Earth. I mean, I guess technically the quantum realm is on Earth, but in our world more so than than that world. Um, but uh, you know, what was my ultimate take on it? Utterly watchable. Peyton Reed certainly knows how to direct a movie. It's not like, oh, this guy—he don't know shit. Um, he, you know, he he did it. He he, he directed. He directed it better than I ever could have. But. Um, it you know, and and I think the girl Cassie was was good, although she had one line that she just said over and over and over. Do you know what line that is? Um, you have to save people, Dad. No, but no, you're close. <laughs> Dad, 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 run! Dad! <laughs> it was a fucking. They should have opened that fucker on Father's Day. She said, "Dad, so much." Um, it felt like hope was barely in it. Mm-hmm. like i know you know spoilers at the end she shows up and fucking saves his ass um but uh you know and, and michelle pfeiffer had a lot of fucking screen time that's for sure yeah as did the aging michael douglas who just like got a laugh out of me when he's like i love ants like yes <laughs> you do yes you clearly do. Um, michael douglas I that love movie ants. is is watchable for me and i will watch it again particularly to see the shit I fell asleep during because um, Jonathan majors is so fucking good. I watch him act in anything, man. Like, and, and he was, it felt like he was in a completely different movie performance wise. Like he was bringing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not saying like Paul Rudd didn't bring it. He was playing it, you know, fucking Scott Lang man and stuff, but like Jonathan majors can't phone it in at least not at this point in his career. Um, He's just fucking riveting to watch. So I, I, I was, I was there for him. Uh, I know there was a, a theory online that Creed Three is like he's a Kang fucking variant or something like that. <laughs> and when I watched that, I fucking watched it through the prism of like it could work. At one point, I was watching Creed Three, and I was like, oh, there's Killmonger. Oh, there's Valkyrie. Oh, there's Kang. Like, see him, see you again. Yeah, it's, it's a, just the multiverse, man. There's just five actors in this business, and they all make all the movies at this point. Um, I I liked Modoc. Like I thought it was uh, kind of kooky and well done. Um, 
And uh, but you know, hated to see him go, but you know, I was there for his arc. Um it it just it didn't feel I kind of agree with Mark though. It's like Kang felt like the wrong fucking villain for this. Um, he has nothing to do with Scott Lang. No, and, and no, and and it's also like you know, Thanos was introduced to us through drips and drabs and post scenes throughout those movies, and we didn't get a full fucking Thanos movie until what Infinity War? Yeah. So it felt a little weird to be like, well, here's your Kang movie, like, you know, way in advance. Like, because, you know, there's a whole ass movie coming called The Kang Dynasty, and we also know he's going to be in Secret Wars. So I, you know, I didn't understand why they would, why they didn't drip and drab him in. You know, I know some people are like, he was in Loki, you asshole. Yes, I know that. Um, But a version of him was introduced in Loki, the He Who Remains. Uh, it just it felt like he was way too big and bad for Ant Man, which I guess was part of the story, right? Like because he kept saying, "You're way out of your league, Ant Man." Yeah. Uh, and then Ant Man proved somehow that he's not out of his league. But um, I, you know, I I might have done it a little differently. I might have saved Kang, you know, put a little bit of him in there in a post scene or whatever. But do you think that was always the plan to make Kang the big bad in Ant Man, or do you think that came later on? I mean, I think it was it was the plan for a while because I mean they cast Jonathan Majors pretty long ago, like early in the in the conversations about it. They knew that Majors was going to be in it, but at one point, like they did nothing but set up Thanos. Is setting up Thanos? I mean, a fucking Avengers is setting up Thanos. Like you're just you're you're getting some of that story so that by the time you actually see Thanos, it's it means something, and you kind of understand and you've met his daughters who all have like various and, and opposing views about what their father is and what their father means and and i just i kept on not being able to get a read on what kang wants other than to escape and to conquer um and what his power set is like what can kang do yeah it, it felt like he had the all the abilities of the of the fucking rings like uh you know of uh shang chi's rings yeah but it's and like wait. a lot of ring. Did I fall asleep? Did they mention anything about like, oh, I made those rings? No. It felt like there like was two. He had the same <laughs> kind of fucking abilities and shit. Because yeah, all of a sudden he was like he could push Scott against things and turn his daughter upside down. Which I was like, well, I mean, I guess that. Look, if that happened in the real world, I'd be like, yeah, that is pretty impressive. But fucking Thanos could just obliterate a motherfucker even without a goddamn stone in his hands or something like that. <laughs> Uh, but Kang was a little bit, a little bit, uh, I, you know, what are his powers science based or magic based? Or- yeah, like, because you always get the feeling that when he was on the planet with with Janet, he was like just a guy who's charismatic and helping to convince her to do this, that, whatever. But he needed her to help him fix slash get this powered globe so that he powers machine. But that didn't seem to be a thing that gave him powers or not. And then he still doesn't have the power globe all over the quantum realm and has weird ass handy glowy things is it the armor that gives him that like what red comet in chat says it's future science based so there you go glad they explained yeah i can't wait till we get to the future and have some of that science (laughs) everybody's just turning people upside down and shit like that yeah and it's also the like 
multiverse or are we doing time travel? Because those are not actually the same thing. And yes, I know that the fucking quantum realm is how Scott Lang decided that they can figure out how to time travel. But anyway, I've had my say about Kang. Um, somebody said, somebody had a good point I'm going to bring up. Uh, Gabriel Matthews in chat says, watching a series of movies where Kang gets defeated over and over is only going to tell the audience that he is weak over and over. He doesn't feel like a big bad, but like a bunch of minions. You agree with that? I mean, I just don't see why you have to defeat him over and over. Like, I, I really, I said, I really thought that fucking from the trailer, I thought fucking Scott Lang was, I thought Ant-Man was going to die. And you know, like, there's would continue to conquer. There's, there's a, there's a big part of me that thinks that that ending was a reshoot. That there's a version of that. That's like, oh, yeah, no, he's he and either he's stuck in the quantum realm or he and Hope are stuck in the quantum realm. And then that's how the movie ended. And they they test it to an audience. They're like, oh, no, this is too depressing. We can't just leave Scott down there. So he's got to come back. It's like, OK. I think you're I think you're right. Lloyd Sharma says in chat, there was no consequence in this movie. It would have been good to see one of the big characters die. Ant-Man or at least Hope should have died. I'm with you. GC is asking, where's Scott Mosier and Walt Flanagan? Were they supposed to be in that movie? Scott, I just uh, talked to. Scott, I talked to all the time. Walter's in New Jersey. I don't understand that question. What does that have to do with Kang and Ant-Man? I'm lost. Or did he think that they were going to be on this podcast? Yeah, I was like, what? Like, that was very strange. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, 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 I'm curious what, what they had shot. Because I know they reshot like something you know not too long before the movie came out that ending i think because they had him back at a at a baskin robbins somebody mm -hmm. saw them shooting and they did me so maybe that second baskin robbins bit at the end right where he's like you're bug man um dk daniel says the last movie ended with him stuck in the quantum realm yeah, because that's where he is at the start of. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. My God, I forgot. In the PS scene, because that's when everybody else got dusted. And then he came out in what? In Endgame or Infinity War? Endgame. Endgame. Yeah, yeah. it's Endgame. Because remember in the fucking trailers? God, I just, I, I'm not one of these cats that's like, Marvel's better fucking get back, get it together and shit. But everything was just slow pulling taffy building up to like Thanos and Infinity War. And, you know, remember like fucking getting so anticipatory when they showed like those early trailers for Endgame where he's like, you know, it's me, it's Scott Lang. I, 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 I'm Ant-Man. We, we fought in Germany. And, you know, Black Widow's is, or Captain America's like, when is this from? And she's like, it's, you know, it's happening right now or whatever. It's just there's they, they need to get back to that kind of storytelling where you build that guy into a major big bad as opposed to go like, look at him. Look how big and bad he is. And then he gets like spoilers. The guy gets killed. And I know it's like, yeah, well, it's just one version of Kang and there's many. And he, I, yeah, I, I don't I, I'm not saying like no audience can follow this multiversal tale, but having a villain that could get killed over and over and over. And I thought the big threat of Kang was that the one we were going to meet is the one that has killed every other Kang. Like that it was going to be the baddest Kang. 
Kang the fucking Conqueror. There was he who should not be named. There was the like, Disco Kang. There was all these other Kangs. But there's the fucking big one that they had to exile into the Quantum Zone because he was so awful that he was going to kill everybody else. And that's the Kang we're following. If that's the case, great. But it can't be crunch all you want will make more Kangs because then who gives a fuck? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I don't know. And also, like, uh, the, the thing that I remember, uh, the, the build-up to Endgame, was that it was less, I mean, Thanos was a big part of that, but it was also, we had been following Tony Stark for 10, 15 years. We've been following Steve Rogers for 10, 15 years. So when Tony had the line, this is the end, this is the end of the road that I brought us to, you know, it's like, oh, shit, you're right. Like, we've been watching this personality shift. We've been watching this development for this much time. And I'm not invested in anybody really that introduced in the last two phases, you know, and when they do re-engage with the sort of legacy characters with Thor or Ant-Man, it's, it's just not quite landing in the same way that it had before. Now this movie, this movie um, is, is, I mean, it's made far more money than I'll ever make in my lifetime, but it's not making the money it's supposed to, I guess is the complaint i mean i think it's making more than any ant-man movie has made before it no that's not true it opened bigger than any ant movie ant man movie opened for it but this one is actually going to make less i read than its previous two incarnations that's why everyone's writing all these think pieces and they're like what the fuck is marvel gonna do and stuff um i don't know i bet you banff man could look that up so we're not just sitting here like a couple dicks just saying shit um, but I think I think the big complaint is like it ain't even going to do the business that Ant-Man 2 did. They spent more to make it. It did open bigger than the other two, but has dropped by 70 percent in its second week and it keeps going down. Cocaine Bear took it out and shit. Um, in well, I mean, it's it's at let's see. Currently, it's at one hundred ninety eight million dollars. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Worldwide or just here? Lifetime total, so that's worldwide. Actually, no, no it's just domestic. That's it's just domestic. domestic. It's domestic. Um, I think last I heard, it's struggling to get to five hundred, and I don't know. Uh, Rat G TV says this was the Kang that supposedly killed a version of the Avengers. Yeah, like because he was like, "Are you are you an Avenger? Did I kill you before?" Um. I, that's the Kang they should have left alive. And maybe he's not dead. He just got taken away by ants. Did you ever see him fucking die? Did he explode or whatever the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. But like, that's the Kang I would have kept around if he's meant to be like the conqueror, the one that, like you said, was like the worst Kang in the multiverse, so much so that they stuck him in the quantum realm, aka the microverse. Brian Christian in chat says maybe that wasn't the main Kang, the conqueror. I guess there could be another one. I suppose anything's possible, but um, yeah, yeah, Yigajura Chill says he'll come back as the Beyonder. You think that's the case? I mean, it's it's a Beyonder because I don't know if you just want to introduce a fucking dude who's like, I'm the Beyonder. Um, yeah, I wonder what the original ending was. I wonder if like Scott Scott died, they killed Ant Man. That would have made it fucking epic, man. They had the like if they were like let's kill off Ant Man at the end of the Ant Man movie. Yeah, he got his kid ready to go. Right, she's ready to be the young Avenger. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's what they're 
that's the long game is sending on Avengers. That Kang, uh, Mark Kirkman says, that Kang is still alive and is the threat. The Council of Kangs just banished him because they will not kill a Kang. Right, but I mean, didn't, at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, I thought the ants fucking took out Kang. Like, first they had the whole family ready to fight Kang together in a fucking Incredibles-looking shot, but then all of a sudden, Michael Douglas shows up with his killer ants and they took they took Kang out. That's that's what I saw, but doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you know he's he's dead. That version of him. All in the game says it's at less than four hundred fifty million worldwide. Ant Man did five hundred nineteen million worldwide, and Ant Man Two or Ant Man and the Wasp did six hundred and twenty three million worldwide. So it does look like this one's going to be the lowest grosser. Of I mean, he needs another like sixty million dollars global to match the first movie, which, you know, I don't know if that's possible or not. It, you know, given how I suppose tepid the returns have been in subsequent weeks, that's a that's a long ask. I don't know if it's open everywhere yet. Uh, it's not out of reach, but you know, you expect for increased returns, not diminishing returns. Yeah, that's the idea. This was supposed to be the biggest one. Rotary dial in chat says the post credit scene says it all. Loki season two will be mega. Yeah. So what? They're, I don't I don't. Why will it be mega? No. Being another Kang. Well, I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. I get it. That everyone keeps going. The council of Kangs can't kill a Kang. That's fine. I didn't say they should fucking kill him. I'm just asking, was he killed at the end by those ants? Like, Uh, Denlo says, thought Ant-Man was going to go from the goofy joke hero to a serious self-sacrifice, give my life to save everyone here, but then they clicked the button and he was back. Yeah, uh, I, that would have been dope, man, if he, like, if they let him, like, fucking sacrifice himself at the end, so it had some sort of arc like that. Didn't Kang get sucked into the infinite possibility realm Well, he'll be down there for who knows how long? fighting infinite versions of himself is that was that in the movie i didn't notice that i what i saw was a bunch of ants like took kang out kang got sucked your impression because i forgot thing. he got sucked into the machine the kang, this kang and ant-man is from the future from kang dynasty i think he was defeated and ended up in the quantum realm what? What? Why isn't Mark telling Kev that Kang and Scott fought after the ants took him away? Did they? I, I Scott and him fought. Well, Scott was big and he was like, Kang! And he was breaking buildings and shit. And Kang made a fucking energy bubble that was protecting him and shit. But then I just remember like Scott, well, Ant-Man, the Wasp, and and Ant-Girl, or whatever they're calling Cassie, um, were ready to show down, and that's when, like, the army of ants showed up. Uh, Drew Bob wrote in caps, so this must be important. Mm -hmm. He was sucked into a wormhole after getting knocked into the core. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. 
Fair enough. I, I remember so little of it because so little of this movie stuck with me that at this point, anything that anybody tells me happened in that movie might have happened in that movie. Uh, Giovanni says, you need to watch the movie again, dude. Oh, I will. I fucking watch all these movies over and over again. I will never watch Damn. this movie again. <laughs> when Hope returns to save Scott, says YC the champ, Kang is sucked into some other place. Kang will return. Um, well, obviously Kang will return, but will this Kang return? Beige Wonder, Wonder says, you all are completely overthinking this. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. But the show is Fat Man Beyond. That's what we do here is overthink this stuff. What do you got, Bamp Man? I was just going to say, I haven't seen this yet. I haven't seen Ant-Man yet. Uh, I have been scared away by what everybody else thinks of it. But if it's this hard, I mean, this isn't a Christopher Nolan ending, right? Like, we're not watching Inception. Like, the fact that n we have 2,000 people in chat and no two people can agree with how this movie ends may be part of the problem. Agreed. Now, I have some people telling me that they fist fought. Like, and I remember them fist fighting. That's where he's like, I don't have to die or I don't have to win. You just have to lose or whatever the fuck. And he, he busted his helmet and shit. Uh, Cassie's Mark Williams says Cassie's superhero name is Stature, not Ant Girl. Did they say that in the movie? I don't believe so. But again, I, mean, I know they didn't say Ant Girl, but I mean, don't come at me like, you know, hey, man, it's stature. If, if they didn't say that in the movie, I'm not going to know that because I believe Cassie being an, a part of the Ant family is relatively new in the comics, or at least new compared to when I was reading comics on a regular basis. Yeah, that fight happens after the ants. So the ants come in and take fucking Kang down and then. Kang got sucked into a wormhole and appeared in the movies. That ain't right. <laughs> I'm looking for real answers here. Stature is her name in the comics. Yeah, in the comics. All right. So they haven't said they didn't say it in the movie. I mean, I did fall asleep through a lot of it. So Kevin, how do you remember it ended? Says Morgan Rango. Um, I what I remember, this is my version. The ant family was like standing up, about to st stand up to him, and then fucking. Michael Douglas showed up with an army of ants and then they took Kang down and then Cassie. No, it was, uh, uh well, there's a fist fight in that chamber where the fucking portal is, which yeah. is the last time you see him. It's post ants. Cause shit. I remember, and that's post ants. And I remember yeah. Kang like Jonathan majors was fucking desperate to get to that hole. And even that, I was like, that's a believable performance, man. Oh yeah. He wants that he hole. Wants, he wants to get to that hole. <laughs> um, and you know, Ant Man was stopping him from doing it and shit like that. But I like I did I I I'm, I'm again like I think Jonathan Majors is a wonderful actor because even I even believed that he wanted to get the fuck out of that theater. <laughs> he was going for that hole, and he was like, "Oh shit, this is my only chance." The thing I've dreamed about the whole fucking movie. So I guess yes, they fought each other, but then Scott. It, wasp shows up and pulls him through the fucking hole mm -hmm. yeah I, I don't know yeah I, you know to JC's point it should not be this difficult to describe the ending of a superhero movie and now the superhero movies can't be complex but it should ultimately be an emotional resolution 
and there is no emotional resolution at the end of this movie. Like everything, everywhere, all at once is a superhero movie. It is the hardest fucking movie to describe to anybody. But I can tell you exactly what happens at the end of that movie because it is not about multiverses, it's not about body hopping, it's not about fucking and everything bagel. It's a mother trying to explain to her daughter that she has fucked up most of her life, but the only good thing that's ever been a part of it is the little bit of time that they get to spend together. And like, okay, I get it. I see how that resolves. I understand what that is. But like, none of the emotional tableaus of any character in this movie gets a resolution in that final scene. It's fight, fight, fight. I've come to save you. Great. The guy gets sucked into the whatever, and we're back on Earth as if nothing ever happened. Zach Webb in chat says, Kang got drug off by the ants. Then once Ant-Man and Hope feel safe, Kang shows back up and fights them at the end. And at the end of the fight, he gets sucked into the wormhole, the end. Okay. Sure. This Kang from Quantumania is the same one we'll see in Avengers Kang Dynasty, except he defeated he's defeated and banished to the quantum realm. All right, so we're going to see Kang the Conqueror in Kang Dynasty. The same Kang who probably didn't die. Looks like he got sucked into a fucking thing. He got sucked off at the end. There you go. He That's did. way hotter. But way it, it, I don't remember who in chat mentioned it, but it is a weird choice to have the guy who's supposed to be your big bad beaten by the weakest superhero in the Marvel Universe. Sebastian... And a hero said, Kang came back without his superpowers since the ants damaged his suit. I remember that. Like, at one point, his fucking wrist was going So he had to fight Scott just as a guy kicking another guy's ass. Which, like, fuck. Again. Seen Creed like, 3. <laughs> who the fuck ever want to fight Jonathan, Jonathan Majors against fucking Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Jonathan Majors uh, almost beat up fucking Michael B. Jordan. So... Paul Rudd was going to be no problem whatsoever. There's a great bit. I think it was Paul Rudd was on like Fallon or something. And he was talking about, it's like, well, you know, who's going to win in a fight between Kang and fucking Scott Lang? He's like, well, I'm going to show you these two men's health covers. One of which is Jonathan Majors. And it's him fucking jacked to within an inch of his life. Shirt off. Just everything that could ripple is rippling. It's like, and then here's me. And it's just fucking Paul Rudd wearing a t-shirt and jeans. He's like, they don't ask me to take my shirt off. I'm just a guy. He's a fucking Adonis, and I'm just a dude wearing fucking a gap. Drew Tannenbaum in chat says, Kang was sucked off into the battery that he needed for his time ship. That battery was theoretically powered, comprised of the Ten Rings. How is that? What? Is that? Was that a thing? They never once mentioned the Ten Rings, and as far as we know, Shang-Chi has the Ten Rings. Yeah, so, I mean, last time we saw that movie, uh, the Ten Rings, he, he got control of them, right? Yeah, I mean, unless there's a Rings R Us where you can just fucking pick up some metaphysical rings in the quantum realm. YC the Champ says, Kang's powers came from his futuristic tech. Kang and Scott fight. As Kang is about to kill Scott, Hope returns, blasting him, and he sucked into the battery powering the time engine. Yeah, I, I, that part I remember. Like, she came in and fucking pulled Scott out. And I guess she shot some shit at Kang and blew him into the battery. But that don't mean he's dead. No. Although I don't know how it do time battery, but whatever. Bing, bing, and chat goes, but honestly, what did Kang do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Kang was right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. 
Kaizen 132 says, stop making up the story. It was a bad film. <laughs> Paul, we're just trying to figure out what happened. Um, allegedly, Danaver says, allegedly the Ten Rings, Kamala's bangle, and Kang's tech are all part of the same technology. And then James Diesel said, Scott says in the closing ADR that he isn't sure if he's really dead or not. Yeah, that part I get. So let's just go with that Kang didn't die. But he did get beaten by Ant-Man, which seems a little... We've spent the ending of this movie. Then Costner spends at the end of JFK figuring out who the fuck killed JFK. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, like, Daniel goes, you remember it? You thought ants killed him. I'll, give, I'll be honest. I thought my ending was way cool. <laughs> the ants drug him away. <laughs> Back and um, left. Toon Raider said, did we touch on how Kang vaporized people by touching them, but didn't try to do it one single time to Scott? And the and Flo Grown says the end credits show him still alive. Do they? No, they showed a thousand other Kangs. Yeah, they showed three other Kangs. And then they at the very very end they showed a old timey Earth Kang that fucking Loki and Owen Wilson were like, wow, <laughs> he's there. King. Wow, <laughs> wow, Kang's back. Wow. <laughs> um. Kang's uh, Tyler Hall says uh, Kang's a cockroach. Always another one. Plus someone has to be he who remains. Oh, I get that. There are a lot of different Kangs, but Dwayne Vogel says lame beaten by the third weakest Avenger. Who's uh, the other two weaker Avengers than Scott Lang? We did Hawkeye. see Ramatut, which is another Kang. Hawkeye, fair. Sure. And Black Widow, I suppose. But then again, uh, what do you got there? Did Banff, Banff Man came and, he came and went? He came to explain who the other weaker Avengers than Scott Lang were. Oh. I didn't, did I fall asleep on that part? God, I don't remember anything anymore. You'd imagine now that I'm not smoking weed that I'd remember everything. But <laughs> um, uh. Okay, Morgan Wrangle says, Kevin, he wasn't defeated by Ant-Man. He was tripped up by him. There's a difference. Excellent point. I'll take yes, one is actually worse. I get yeah. I, <laughs> Morgan Wrangle to sit there and watch movies with me all the time yeah. so he can explain shit. He didn't get beaten. He slipped on a banana peel that <laughs> left on the ground and fell into a time tunnel. Welcome back, Cotter theme song. Uh, Tanner Robinson says, "Welcome back, Cotter theme song." Greater than this movie. Kang, okay. YC the champ says, Kang kicked the crap out of everyone until Modoc and the ants overwhelmed him, damaging his tech. When he fought Scott, it was hand-to-hand, -hand, and he beat Scott's ass. He did. All right. Wow. I mean, we may have spent more time talking about this movie than the movie, actually, the running time of the movie. And Banff. a lot of people in chat don't believe in the Ten Rings theory because they were like that. It was never once mentioned. Go ahead, Banff man. We should discuss esoteric ends to every marvel movie we went up like three four hundred viewers so let's just keep what? doing it <laughs> keep more people are watching they're like let's yeah discussion Bros. hey they're trying to make sense of king come on <laughs> <laughs> hey kids market look at kevin they're they're on to something he's getting his ass kicked by a girl come on <laughs> um Seattle KO said sober Kev is evidently more forgetful than THC Kev. Yeah, I can't explain that. 
Anthony M says Creed three isn't as confusing. Let's talk about that. What a great segue. Thank you. And we shall. Um, uh, we all saw Creed three. Banff man, get in here for this. You have feelings and thoughts. Yeah, you must, right? Banff. Um, I, uh, you know, it, 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 it's not like it was like, geez, what's going to happen? But I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. Once again, I'll watch Jonathan Majors fucking do anything. Like, I thought he was riveting in this fucking movie as well. Not just physically riveting, like watching him climb those ropes with two fucking bare hands and shit at one point during his training. But like his whole character arc, that was the one thing I was disappointed in about Creed 3 was they gave away too much in the trailer. Because like in the beginning, like I wouldn't have seen what was coming if it just showed up and shit and was like, hey man, I'm your old friend and shit. Like I wouldn't have known that he was coming for it all, except in the trailer, he literally said, I'm coming for it all. It's one of the moments where I was like, man, like, why, why, why do they give so much away? I mean, I guess mm -hmm. that's how they get people in the theater. And how would you, you can't show, you got to show the third act of them fighting and stuff. But I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was uh, well done. Michael B. Jordan can direct like nobody's business, man. Most actors who move to directing do a really great job, I find, because You've sat behind so many directors over the course of your career. Michael B. Jordan been acting since he was a kid on The Wire. You aggregate a style. Like, you know, you, you sit there going, well, I would do that. I wouldn't do that. If I was in charge, this is what I'd do. So by the time they jump in there, like Affleck's perfect example. Guy sat behind a lot of fucking directors, including a lousy one like me. And then by the time he was ready to make Gone Baby Gone, that dude's like fighting like a ninja, man. Like he's got fucking extra sensory powers and then by the time you get to argo shit yeah uh, it's the, the clean eastwood track it's the like i've been sitting behind masters for most of my career and i've been asking questions and paying attention what lens is this why'd you do this so when they get the chance they've they've been to film school um this was the they it's funny how like you know the first two creeds rocky's a part of it and this one rocky's not a part of it all but they do reference the rocky fight like when they're talking about Given um, um, Dane, who is Jonathan Major's character, giving him his chance, they talk about like you know, not since Apollo Apollo gave a little unknown guy a shot at the title and stuff. And every time they said I was in the theater, like they're. <laughs> um, yeah, I enjoyed that fucking movie. Although I forgot most of Creed two. Because when the big Russian shows up and starts sparring with him, I was like, why is this a thing? And then it was like, oh, they, fought. they fought in the last one. Did they, like, what happened at the end of the last one? He just beat Drago and that was it? Or did they just fucking hug it out or something? Because um, he, He's he's beating the shit out of Drago and his father, Ivan Drago, throws in the towel to save his son from dying in the ring. Um, and it was a whole thing where, like, if... If the young Drago, whose name my first name, I can't remember. If he beats, you know, Adonis Creed, it'll be this redemption story for their the entire Drago family. Because in Rocky Four, when fucking Drago loses, it it brings shame to the Drago name, and his wife won't talk to him anymore. Brigitte Nielsen, like he's living in the fucking like he was the pride of Russia, who then loses this fight and becomes this fucking bum. And his son was his one chance of redemption, but he had to let his son finish the fight. And so he's got to choose, do I save my son's life or do I let him keep getting the shit kicked out of him and bring more shame to the Drago name? And he chooses to save his son's life. 
Um, in boxing, are you allowed to do this shit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not that against was, the rules. That, that was new for me when he Jonathan Majors kept doing this shit. I was like, mm. Are you allowed? You're allowed to do that in boxing? I mean, what it does is it exposes your midsection. Like most people don't do that because then you've got both arms up here well, and now all of this is wide open. That guy um, could expose all of that and it wouldn't fucking matter because it's just <laughs> I mean, to borrow a phrase from Rick and Morty, cum gutters. <laughs> oh my God, that guy's fucking ripped and shit. But yeah, that was the one thing I was watching going like, is it, are you allowed to do this in boxing? But I guess yeah. you could do it. Yeah. Because <clears throat> most boxing defensive stances are like this so that your elbows can still be covering your rib cage while then protecting your head. But this is just, yeah, whatever. Um, um, the only place where I missed Rocky, though, was at, uh, uh spoilers if you haven't seen creed 3 the funeral scene mm. like you would have imagined rocky balboa would have showed up for the wife's the wife of his best friend who they must have known each other and stuff that was the only place where i was like or even at the fight like rocky didn't show up at the big fight and stuff in dodger stadium somebody in chat said they didn't like the cg stadium i didn't mind it and one of my favorite parts of that whole third act was when it's just them when the stadium goes empty and they're just fighting and you can't hear a pin drop and shit mm -hmm. like i thought yeah. that was a cool idea i didn't like the the when they brought in the jail bars and stuff that felt a little i think you could have it felt like a hat on a hat it felt like emptying the stadium to just have those two fighting was pretty dramatic and i was like that's cool that's a really cool idea it's very, I mean, and Michael B. Jordan has been talking about this in his entire press circuit, is he's a huge anime fan. And so that, like, mm. the feeling of here we are on this big, busy thing, and then we just, we drop everything out just to focus on these two, these two characters. And then it gets very impressionistic and very almost like fucking film noir in German. It's his cabinet of Dr. Caligari with just giant bars reaching to the heavens and, and, uh, and yeah, like I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a very well directed movie. He knows what he's doing. You know, he knows, you know, how to assemble a scene. He knows how to shoot action. All the fight stuff is great. Um, I just, I was not Creed. The first Creed is one of my favorite movies, and it, it shattered me when I first saw it. Like I was just in tears by the end. And a couple times in that movie, I was just, I was a wreck, because it, it, it is very much about, you know, Adonis Creed you know, or Adonis Johnson, you know, trying to earn what he feels is unattainable, which is worth, which is, do I deserve to be here? Why didn't anybody want me? You know, he's been fighting his entire life to prove that he's worthy of his last name. Mm -hmm. And so by the time you get to the end of that movie, and by the time, you know, you see fucking the, the, the quick flash of Carl Weathers as Apollo looking at him, by the time you hear that fucking music, you know, you're in the bag for it. You know, Rocky Two is a little, I'm sorry, Creed Two is a little bit less emotional, but like, yeah, like Adonis still wants a thing. He's still trying to prove a thing. He's still, you know, th th there's still something to fight for. But by the time you get to this movie, like there's nothing left for him to want. And so by the time you get to the end of this movie, I was not really emotionally invested in what was happening. Like, yeah, okay, it's, I guess it's good for him to beat this old guy, you know, who had taken the, the fall for him as a, as a kid and now came back and wanted everything that he had, but didn't really try to take anything. Like, it's, it, it's just, it, it's muddy emotionally by the time you get to the end. And so I'm like, no, I appreciate everything that, that Michael B. brought to it. And, you know, yes, I will watch fucking Jonathan Majors do anything. 
but by the end of that movie, I was not moved um, emotionally in any real way. Um, uh, by the end of the movie, I was like, well, clearly, you know, it, it's like he's going to bring this in for a landing. And of course, Adonis is going to win. Um, I like that they hug, hugged it out at the end, so to speak. Like, yeah. I don't know if I believed it because <laughs> Dame was pretty, pretty mad most of the movie. And then by the end, he's like, well, apparently you did learn some things that I didn't teach. <laughs> but I, I liked it. it rather than it just being a narrative about like, you know, these fuckers hate each other and shit like that. They fought and that's got out of their system. And yeah. uh, but what was really beautiful was the deaf representation. Like the mm. storyline with his kid was pitch fucking perfect. Um, I thought that was I thought that was so sweet. Like and and also that she was into fucking boxing, and he was like, "It's not about violence. It's about timing and and something else and like being observant and shit." Um, but I did like that last fight. And now that you say it was put through an anime prism, that's that makes it kind of cool. Fucking loved like when he fucking gut punched him and the sweat. Mm -hmm like came off yeah oh that shit was they have they done that before ever and it, it, not in a rocky movie but that's very anime that's very like you know big climactic fucking dragon ball z fight they would do that kind of shit all the time um i kept on wondering i you know when they cast out the major it's like oh he's fucking clubber lag's kid right he's gonna be fucking baby clubber lang that's what i thought and i thought i'd heard that like when they first talked about it like that he was going to be the young clubber lang or baby clubber lang but apparently not apparently not but i kept on like the more i watched them i'm like oh well see then there's there's a really interesting story about two sons of famous fighters whose lives went two completely different ways you know but you know they ended up in a fucking home because what happens to clubber we don't know what happens to clubber you can make that whole shit up we know what happens to apollo you know, we know that these are two guys who were trying to earn back the legacy of their fathers, but one ended up in jail and one ended up in fucking Bel Air. And now they're reconnecting on the other side. And then you get the idea of, oh, your life was supposed to be mine in every way, because my dad was also heavyweight champion of the world, but got fucking beat up by that white guy. Like my dad should have left me everything, but he ended up a fucking whatever. He lost it all gambling, whatever that was. He died penniless and, and broke. It's like, you're supposed to have, I'm supposed to have what your life is, and now I want it, as opposed to the weird, like, kind of subjective, like, oh, well, you just did well for yourself. Mm. I wanted to be a boxer, too, so I was a Golden Gloves, and now you're a boxer, and that sucks. Everyone yeah. in chat is talking about uh, Dragon Ball Z. That was a Dragon Ball Z punch, mm. where the fuck, and you hit somebody, and the sweat comes off their back. Mark C. in chat said them making up at the end was okay with me because it felt like dame realized he didn't just get given his life his winning shows that adonis deserved and worked for it yeah yeah i buy that absolutely um that was, that was well put yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so wait do you do they do another creed well they're now launching a creed verse <laughs> what yeah. what do you mean is he gonna come, like coming out of retirement again well, I know they had a they had a Drago movie that was in development about the Drago kid. Um, I think they have plans to do something with his daughter, who is clearly training to be a boxer. Um, they're talking about a Rocky origin story, although I'm pretty sure Rocky one was an origin story. So I don't know what more origin there is. Like, oh, when he was a fucking leg breaker for the mob. The, oh, OK, I suppose. Um, but yeah, MGM is very much about like given the success of Creed Three and given the investment that Michael B has with it, 
Like we want to build it out into its own suite of movies and TV shows. Anim- okay. Animated Creed also. They're going to do yeah. an animated You're doing an animated Creed? Yeah, because he's a huge anime Anime? Yeah. That's so. cool. I'm down with that. Um, if they do one more Creed, then they should like do the Clubber Lang story. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, because after a while, it's like, yes, I understand that it's, you know, we'll, we we saw them do it with Drago. How many times are you going to go back to the old Rocky movie? Well, for bad guys, for the same token, it's what we're here for, guys. <laughs> Very true. Bamf man, what would you think about Creed 3? You I love uh, Creed 1, right? I love Creed 1. I watched Creed on the plane, the first one, on the plane, on the way to Austin. And I st- I've seen it 20 times. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and I did. I got like teary-eyed like four different times watching that movie. Um, and I didn't care. Like, I, I didn't care emotionally about anything in Creed 3 the way that I did in Creed 1 or Creed 2. And I think it really missed... Like, one of the things that's so great about Rocky is that, like, even in Rocky Five that everybody hates, that's the one where he gives the speech to his son that is so memefied where it's like nobody's gonna hit you as hard as life like it's not about how hard you get it's not about how hard you hit it's about how hard you get hit and keep going forward that's in like the worst of the rocky movies and i felt like this movie didn't have that big moment it didn't have kind of that rocky four moment where he gives the speech at the end which for the time that movie came out was like when the, you know, Soviets were like the biggest bad guys on earth and Sylvester Stallone is cheesy and whatever as it is, it's like saying like, Hey, can't we all just get along? Um, so I think I really missed that. I really missed like, is there an opportunity to like spend more time with like Adonis and his daughter and he gives his daughter that speech it's not just like the one sentence it's like more of a crescendo i think i would have liked to see uh more jonathan majors on muscle beach montage (laughs) like that could have been really cool and i feel like it was truncated a lot um i just didn't uh, i i thought it was really well directed for a first time director i was amazed but like emotionally it was I think it was the most stagnant of mid of all the Creed movies. Oh, you yeah, call like, it mid? Oh, mid it. You midded it. <laughs> oh my God, you're fucking, you're the new Mark Bernard and shit with your brutal <laughs> honesty. <laughs> I thought they had a really interesting opportunity because I think to your point, JC, that what made the Rocky movies great when they were great is that Rocky lost more than he won. You know, and so there's always a hill for him to climb, whether that hill was in the ring or whether that hill was out of the ring. But then they had an opportunity and they, they kind of glanced up against it, talking about mental health in the black community, which, you know, I'm not going to say is non-existent, but is definitely not encouraged um, historically for men to talk about their feelings, to talk about their how they're broken and to try to do the work to put themselves back together. You know, and so the idea that that Adonis still carries all of the trauma of growing up without a dad, of thinking that he was abandoned, of trying to prove his worth, of now having a kid who, you know, so much of Rocky II is about him not being able, I'm sorry, Creed II is about him 
struggling with engaging with it with a deaf child and what that means to have a to have a kid with a disability you know all of that stuff is is weighing on him and now comes this this again an old trauma you know the guy who went to prison in, in his stead you know to have the real breakdown and to have the real putting himself back together like i know you got to have a motherfucker running up a hill but you know the real montage is that guy learning to get in touch with the himself that is actually a champion that he's kind of pushed to the side and kicked to the curb for most of his life, you know, and it, it, it was one of a couple of things that felt interesting, but never explored in that movie. Like I kept on expecting fucking Dame to make a run at, at, at Tessa Thompson. Cause like he's connecting with her. He's Who, like, by the way is wonderful in the movie as well. She's, um, she's great until she has nothing really to do. Yeah. You know, when she, because it gets interesting when he's like, well, what does it feel like to watch somebody else sing your songs? And she's like, well, I don't know. Like, I just had to make a choice that my hearing was losing and I had to, how much time do I have left being able to hear? And do I push it by singing and performing, even though I know it's not right? Do I try to still make music and I'm compromising on what I thought was my gift? Like, that's a real connection point for both of them. Like, how much time do I have? I'm 35 years old. I just come out of prison. I want to be champion. I've been watching my life slip away, you know, and then there's a guy who seems to not understand what he has in front of him. Like, that's that's some clever lang shit. Hey, woman, you tired of, you tired of hang with that chump? Like, why don't you come up here and have a real man? Like, I just, I wanted more of him engaging, like breaking apart Adonis's life brick by brick. Like, I took away your champion. I fucked with your your big fight. I'm taking away your money. I got your girl. I convinced your your kid to start fighting in school. Like I blew up your whole fucking spot, and now I have this belt. What are you gonna do? And there's a great opportunity there to give Tessa Thompson the speech that brings him back, that rallies him, that gets him through the end fight that she never gets. Like she, you, you know, I understand why somebody in chat was like, without Stallone, none of it works. And I, I don't believe that. Yeah, because- I, I, I disagree. I like Stallone in those movies, but I think this movie worked. Uh, and, you know, even without Stallone in it, but. Like give Tessa right. Thompson. Missing, Mark and you were right. It was missing a bit of emotion. Go ahead. G- g- give her that moment. Let her be the inspiration now that gets him up when he doesn't think he can stand up. Um, it doesn't need to be sly anymore, but you didn't do any of, like, you didn't give us that. Um, it made me want to watch Rocky three again. Mm. You should have never came back. <laughs> hey woman. Hey woman. I want to, I want to do the voice so bad, but I don't think culturally I'm allowed anymore. <laughs> when we were kids, we could all do fucking clever lying, but now I feel like I'd get clipped and memed and destroyed on the internet for trying to do a version of clever lying. But is I, Kevin I Smith favorite. doing Mr. T? <laughs> Cultural appropriation of the worst kind. But it, uh, I love that fucking scene. I, the, Mr. T is so fucking unbelievably great in that movie. Like his screen, day, I think he was in DC Cab before that, maybe, maybe, or is it Car Wash? It's it's one of those like weird early '80s relics. But like that's his big fucking move is Honestly, Rocky Three. One of the best movie villains of all time. So great. He's so antagonistic. Uh, YC the Champ in chat said Creed Three is a straightforward, streamlined feature that delivers exactly what it's selling. The film is an utterly predictable tale told extremely competently, and you love it for its directness 
that that reads like a a fucking legit review right there yeah like and i i would have no problem with creed 3 and i don't really because again what's to have a a huge problem with if there hadn't been a creed one like if i hadn't known how good it could be then i wouldn't be that upset with how kind of just right up the middle creed 3 is Mm mm-hmm Uh, Will Wilkins said Creed 3 is the anti Ant Man. <laughs> oh, Will. We all know uh, what happened at the end of that. Yeah. Did they yeah, actually we... leave the stadium or yeah. let's just get into it? Is is Dane dead? <laughs> yeah, the whole time. He's, he's a phantom. Uh, Ghost A says it's not missing Stallone as the actor, it's missing him as a filmmaker. He puts all those things that are missing in the movie. The emotional drive is always present in his Rocky movies. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it suffers for lack of Stallone's touch, but he, he's right. In all those Rocky movies, you know, remember her in Rocky 2 where she's in the hospital and she's like, win, Rocky, win. And Mick's yeah. like, what are we waiting for? Him I can still do. <laughs> do him. So... <laughs> Mark, you can't do Mickey, but I can do Mickey. So you nah, see, it, it goes both ways for me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my black privilege. The one thing I can do, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> um, Creed three, totally w- a watchable flick. You're, if you're into yeah. boxing movies, totally check it out. And I think I think the kid did such a great job. Kid, I mean, he's a man now, but uh, Michael B. Jordan did a fucking great job directing it. Um, but Jonathan Majors, fuck. That dude gives, like, his performance in Lovecraft Country is different than his performance as Kang, is different than his performance as Dame. Like, this guy's, like, a legit wonderful actor. Yeah. I really want to see Magazine Dreams, the movie. That what is made. that? Yeah, I, I, I heard about it in Austin for the when we were there for the awards ceremony. Somebody was like, and Magazine Dreams is going to be huge. What is it about? Um, he plays a bodybuilder. Um, I don't know. Is it the story like of the, like of, is it based on a true story? I don't know. I, I know so little about it. And I think they're keeping it kind of close to the vest because it went to Sundance and won a bunch of stuff, got picked up out of Sundance by, by Fox Searchlight, I think. But, but apparently he's great. And it's, it's also a physical transformation movie. It's while I'm in this good a shape, while I look this way and, and, and can maintain it, I'm going to take my shirt off as much as I fucking can. And so, I think he's playing a bodybuilder who wants to be better, but whatever, whatever. And I'm not entirely sure, but fuck it. I, again, we'll watch that dude do anything. He was in an army commercial uh, when I went to go see uh, um, Kylo Ren hates dinosaurs today. And he was just like, I'm fucking look, Jonathan Majors talking about how, how cool the army is, which whatever. But I'm like, you're good in this commercial. The um, yeah. we interv- got we interviewed them at Sundance, Jonathan Majors and uh, the director of the magazine Dreams movie. And it struck me as uh, tonally like the wrestler, the Mickey Rourke wrestler movie. But instead of somebody at the end of their career, it's somebody kind of more towards the beginning, but is obsessed with... Uh, the celebrity of it. Mm. It sounded really interesting. I'm in. Dude's got an incredible fucking range. Um, 
Somebody said something here. Saul Good said Lovecraft Country came out same time as the latest Terminator movie. And I remember thinking, man, they could have had him as the newest Terminator. What a miss. Is that true? They were going to maybe cast him as a Terminator? That I, that I don't know. I, I sort of feel like that's a complete waste of his talent. Because... I was going to say, like, fucking, this guy's got incredible range. Like, don't he don't need to play a robot. <laughs> Think a man's robot. Robot. Um, uh, I'm going to hit 65 real quick. Um, yeah, let's hear it. Mark saw 65, kids. Adam Driver versus yeah. dinosaurs with lasers. Kylo Ren hates dinosaurs. Now playing at Smog Castle Cinemas if you want to go see it. Um, it is... It's a it's a fine down the middle old school kind of creature feature science fiction movie like it's and it's also a bit of Lone Wolf and Cub in that you know Adam Driver plays a a, a guy with a with a terminally ill kid who takes this two year mission to get enough money to pay for a kid's treatment and in the middle of the mission shit goes wrong get hit by an asteroid field and crash lands on dot 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 Earth in sixty five million B C. And so in order for him to escape this planet and rescue the girl who's in the, the only other survivor of this accident, he's got to traverse the wild and do battle with fucking dinosaurs. Um, as such, you know exactly what this movie is going to be. It's a couple of jump scares. It's a couple of survivally things. It's a couple of I dislocated my shoulder and a, a weird dinosaurs encroaching. Will I get my gun fast enough? Yes, he will. Um, but, you know, it's fucking Adam Driver who's like a very good actor. Yeah, there's Dude. another guy with fucking range. Put him and Jonathan Majors in a movie together. Hell yeah. Reading the fucking phone book and you'll get you'll get uh, something worth watching, man. Two of them are incredible actors. Yeah. I mean, he's he's much better than this movie is, but this movie is just it's right down the middle. Um who put this movie out? This was um uh TSG and um, Braun, I think, which is um, Matthew Vaughn's company. Um, yeah, like it's, and it was it was written and directed by the guys who wrote A Quiet Place, and so it has a lot of that kind of very elemental kind of like here's a here's a here's a problem we're gonna make our character solve. Here's some difficulties we're gonna give him, and also oh yeah, by the way, there's monsters hiding in the fucking forest. Um, so yeah, like it's uh, it does not reinvent anything. It is not uh, an antidote to sliced bread. Um, but if you want to spend like you know an hour and forty five minutes in the the foresty wilderness while Adam Driver and a little girl attempt to survive dinosaur attacks, go for it. Solid B. Put, put that quote on a poster. Go it's for long, it. But fucking. <laughs> yeah. um, Saul Good corrected me just by saying it was just a dream casting for the role of Terminator. He, it's not like he'd heard that. Stephen Bruce says, Kevin, I just want to let you know that this is the best I've ever seen you look. Why, thank you, Stephen Brew. Means the world. I uh, Stephen Brew wants to get to like second base. Yeah, he wants to get pushed in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that quantum hole. <laughs> um, now, have you? are you caught up on Mando, Kevin? No. I have not watched... Uh, uh, the second episode. I saw episode one, but I haven't seen the second one yet. What we could do, here's what I'll suggest. Um, let's see. My kid, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, we've been doing this for two hours and I'm supposed to go eat with my kid. So what I suggest is we hold our news that we were going to do today for Friday's show. Okay. 
um, Friday. In case you come in late, kids, you're like, what do you mean Friday show? Uh, me and Mark will be doing Fat Man Beyond live from Smodcastle Cinemas in Atlantic Highlands as we bring the Ides of Mark Festival to a close, man. Mark's coming out and we're showing three 80s, classic 80s movies. Dune is on Wednesday night. Go get tickets right now at smodcastlecinemas.com or csmod.com. Streets of Fire is on Thursday night. Tickets available at csmod.com or smodcastlecinemas.com. Then Flash Gordon's on Friday night. And then after Flash Gordon, we're doing Fat Man Beyond for the very first time from Smodcastle Cinemas for the very first time on the East Coast together. Um, so that episode is where Mark will talk about the last of us. Is that what it's called? Indeed. Um, the season finale. And uh, uh, we'll do all the news that we're not doing here. Yeah. And we and can do Mando episodes two and three because we'll have three. Because then I will have Friday. seen. Yes. Oh, oh, that's when is it? Why? When's the new one drop? Wednesday, I think. Oh, perfect. All right. So then we'll do Mando two and three, and then we'll be doing Q and A as well. But we'll take in the questions from people in the audience that time. Right. Um. So yes, Friday night, kids. We're gonna do this again. This is just a little taste. This is just a tease. This is just <laughs> fucking showing a little nipple. That's all. Did you see that? I was almost whipping my tit. I, I know what the fuck, man. <laughs> was good. Stephen Brew. <laughs> Said that I look good, and I was like, maybe I look showing nipple good. Yeah, put them on the glass. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Friday's show is going to be all about, putting them on the glass, kids. Uh, so if you're not in the New Jersey area, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area, if you're not on the East Coast, um, you'll be able to watch Fat Man Beyond as we stream it right from Smodcastle Cinemas. But if you're on the East Coast, well, why the hell wouldn't you be in the room where it happens? The room where it happens, to borrow a phrase from a fucking broadway show <laughs> popular new york area entertainment yes um yeah man it's gonna be all sorts of good times uh and it, we haven't done it with an audience in a minute when was the last time we did it with an audience at uh at uh gum and villainy august of last year maybe Ooh, ooh. bamf yeah there'll be more scum and villainy shows coming up though as well kids uh for uh, in fact we should book one soon uh after the ides of mark I come back on back to Los Angeles on September 18th. Mark is going to be doing a signing at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash on Saturday the 18th, which yes. costs nothing, fucking free for nothing. Come uh, on, I'm jumping on a plane. He's he's going to be uh, signing whatever you want, mm. but he's signing primarily uh, Adora in the distance. Um, so put that on your calendars. Saturday. Uh, March 18th, Mark Bernardin at Jane Silent Bob Secret Stash right there in Red Bank, New Jersey. I will be on a plane to get back to Los Angeles to do Hollywood Babylon with Ralph at Flappers. Tickets at csmod.com. But then I'm back in Los Angeles for like two weeks, during which time we should probably try to do a cantina show. Yep. Um, we can try. Are you going away? Are you staying back east for a minute? Um, no, I'm... I'm, I'm... I'm on a plane that night on the 18th. I'm here for all of the week of the 20th to the 24th. And then I'm in New Orleans for the uh, Overlook Film Festival. I'm bringing Splinter to New Orleans. Oh, and that's the other thing we should probably tease just a little bit. Yeah. We may or may not be showing Splinter after the Fat Man Beyond podcast. Sounds like a yes. Sounds yeah. like a distinct possibility. 
Kids, what are you waiting for? Don't sleep on this shit. Don't you sleep on Fat Man Beyond live from fucking Smodcastle Cinemas on Friday because it sounds like you may get a splinter, a splinter, or the whole damn thing. You can't see it online. He ain't going to stream it online. So, like, if you're like, ooh, will we see it? No, you're going to have to see it live in person. But wait, let's go back to New Orleans. So you're just showing it at a festival there? The Overlook Film Festival, which is, uh, they build themselves as the greatest horror film festival in the country. Um and so yeah very excited our second our second film festival appearance um folks look at that folks you could see it you could either see it in new orleans Orleans, as they say locally or you might be able to see splinter in new jersey at a real ass movie theater owned by a real ass movie maker kevin smith smog castle cinemas and stuff uh jack and chad is asking uh jc do you sell food at the cantina fuck yeah he does we do we do oh. Very good food. Yeah, they do. Mark uh, was there devouring last two weeks ago. I was. I, I bombed in. I, I played fucking trivia at the cantina. Did pretty well for a person who doesn't study. Uh, Jay Graham is saying, Kevin, any chance you'll sell online tickets to watch some of the special Q&As at the Smodcastle Live? You don't even have to buy a ticket to watch Fat Man Beyond. You can watch it Friday night. It's going to be mm-hmm. happening. Right there, some Modcastle Cinemas. Um, the uh, we also got coming up. I think it's March thirty first. Uh, Brian Quinn is bringing Impractical Jokers the movie to Smodcastle Cinemas, and uh, we're going to show that and chit chat afterwards and stuff. Um, I don't know if we're streaming that or not, but I'll find out. Uh, but yeah, I, honestly, like if we stream stuff, I don't know that we'll charge for it. Like I think we'll just kind of put it up on the YouTube channel and stuff. Because it acts as a free commercial for the for the theater at the very least. But we're not gonna fucking show Splinter. That's not gonna happen. You gotta be live in the room. Yes, we will cut the fat man feed and then show whoever's in the house a short. I like if, that. Uh, if you guys are not on the East Coast this weekend, however, we are opening early on Friday the seventeenth for St. Patrick's Day. You can come- oh, Picard, 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 Picard. Uh, you can come get some green beer and pretend you're Irish with us. But more Are you exciting- going to be showing the Banshees of Inishirin? <laughs> we will not. <laughs> but more exciting than that is every the weekend after St. Patrick's Day. So Saturday, March 18th, uh, we celebrate Sir Patrick's Day, Sir Patrick Stewart's mm. Day. So. Uh, cheap green beer to celebrate uh, Sir Patrick. We're going to do Patrick Stewart trivia and uh, all a bunch of X-Men and um, and Star Trek drinks to celebrate, you know, the geek icon Patrick Stewart. And before we uh, even started the show, you were talking about you're on the Star Trek dot com website for what? What's that? All we about? are. We are doing on March 24th, which is super exciting. We're doing an official Star Trek Strange New Worlds event, which is uh, we're going to be doing trivia with cast from the show. Um, this is a flyer from the Star Trek website, which is so exciting mm. uh, that it's got oh, our names that, on man. it. Uh, prizes are going to be presented by Paramount. That shit's official. Yeah, official, official, official. Star Trek.com. Um, so we'll be doing that on March 24th on Friday. It is uh, 
open to the public so you can come in and and hobnob with uh real star trek people and test their star trek knowledge we have the uh chateau picard wine that we will be serving so if you ever wondered what jean-luc picard's wine tasted like we've got a case of that we'll be serving and it looks like we have the official romulan ale that we will have as well it's banned in the federation but you can get it at scum and villainy cantina Uh, so really cool uh star trek stuff coming up as well Um, it's whether you're into treks or wars uh the scum and villainy cantina is the place for you man scum and villainy cantina right there in hollywood in the heart of hollywood on hollywood boulevard you are you open seven nights a week Seven nights a week, and then we open at 11 a.m. Uh, for lunch on Saturday, Sunday. Black Belt Jones in chat said the grilled cheese at the cantina is awesome. Awesome, he says. Do you, if, uh, if you're casting about, JC, for Star Trek trivia questions, one of them could be, what uh, what podcaster you may or may not know and love um, is now officially a member of the crew of the USS Titan on Picard? And that would be me. I'm I was name checked as Ensign Bernardin on episode four of Star Trek Picard. Wow, look at you, man. Yeah, the the fucking PA calls for me to report to the deflector control room. I was like, oh, I'm in Starfleet. Privileges. You worked on the show, correct? I worked on season two. I didn't. I uh, had no part of season three, other than apparently now I'm I'm, I'm enlisted in Starfleet. You are, man. You're a member of Starfleet. You're part of the continuity and shit. Absolutely. Do you have a page on the Star Trek Wikipedia, like the Star Trek version of Wikipedia? Somebody needs to create that. Somebody needs to put that in there. Internet. Get do you guys? Do you guys want one of our um, our Sir Patrick's Day trivia questions? We'll see if you can get it. Yeah, let's go. Let me hear one. All right. So I'm gonna get. I'm gonna read you a line of dialogue, and you need to say whether it's Professor Xavier or Jean Luc Picard. Ooh, this is fun. I might be able to pull this off. Go ahead. Buried deep within you, beneath all the years of pain and anger, there is something that has never been nurtured. The potential to make yourself a better man. Picard that is, or Xavier? That's, that's Xavier. Talking about Logan. That is Jean-Luc Picard. Are you kidding me? Isn't that wild? That is wild, man. So I've got a bunch of stuff like that to make you Can feel you like... Can you win in the trivia? Are there prizes or no? There will be tri- prizes for um, for Sir Patrick's Day trivia will be bar credit. And then uh, Paramount's bringing the cool stuff for the 24th for that Star Trek trivia. Look at that, man. All right, so there you go. Come to the Scum and Villainy Cantina, kids, and get your fucking Sir Pat Stew on. Ooh, um, eating that fucking Sir Pat stew. Uh, what is the date on that? Uh, Sir Patrick's Day is uh, on March 18th this year, and the Strange New World event is Strange New Worlds. Sorry, event is on Friday, March 24th. And don't forget, uh, this week is the Ides of Mark, right out here in uh, well, not here in New Jersey. Uh, at Smog Castle Cinemas, Mark showing you 
uh, Dune, David Lynch's mm -hmm. Dune, on Wednesday night. Streets of My Fire. name is a killing word. That's right, man. Wardeeb. My name is a killing word. Uh, Streets of Fire on Thursday night. And Flash Gordon on Friday night, followed by the debut of Fat Man Beyond right there at uh, Smodcastle Cinemas. And then Saturday in the afternoon, I think it starts at noon or 11, Mark is going to be at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. 20 Signing. years in business as a brick and mortar, kids. I will sign whatever you put in front of me. You pull your fucking dick in front of Mark, he'll tag it and shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you need to pull it. I won't hold it. You pull yeah, he ain't going to touch your dick. That'd be weird. But he'll yeah. sign it. <laughs> I'll <laughs> sharpie not... that motherfucker. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I'm, I'm going to be back in Los Angeles here uh, uh, March 18th for Hollywood Babylon at Flappers Comedy Club with Ralph Carmen. Somebody asked in chat, they're like, do you live in Jersey or Los Angeles? Uh, the answer is both. With, with a B-O-F, both. I live in both. Uh, so I'm splitting uh, I'm now because of the theater. I, I spend a lot of time in Jersey, obviously. So we, we're splitting time between both coast kids. So I'm doing a show here, I'm doing a show there for, for years, for about 20 years straight. It was all shows in Los Angeles and people on the East Coast were like, what about us? Well, now I'm doing shows there and doing shows here, man. Buy coastal and buy kids because it's hip. Fucking trendy to be by. So I'm by coastal and I'm bringing my bi coastal buddy, Mark Bernardin, for the Ides of Mark. That's my castle cinemas. And then to do a big old signing at Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash. What do you wait? Come out and visit. Uh, tickets available at csmod.com or Flappers Comedy Club or just show up to Scum and Villainy Cantina. You ain't got to buy no tickets and stuff. You do got to buy some drinks. Is there like a drink minimum at Scum and Villainy? Banff man, JC. Banff. Uh, no, you can come in and buy a single root beer and sit there all night. Just hang out, get your geek on. For those of you who can't be at the Scum and Villainy Cantina or can't be at Smodcastle Cinemas, uh, don't forget we're streaming Fat Man Beyond uh, on on uh, Friday night. At, during that episode, Mark's going to review the end of the season finale of Last of Us. We'll talk about Mandalorians episodes two and three, because three will be up uh, by that point. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll do all the news that we didn't do here. And if you're in the room, as soon as the credits roll on Fat Man Beyond, we'll fuck. We're going to give you a splinter right in your dick. Yep. That's kind of splinter. Best splinter to get. <laughs> dick splinter. Private eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's a show that Mark and I will be doing next. Yo, have you watched any of Poker Face? Not yet. How is it? I hear it's wonderful. Yeah. It's procedural. It's like Columbo. It's very Columbo. So Columbo, in fact, that when you get to the end of watching Poker Face on Peacock, you know how it, you know, it'll, it'll always cue another program to come up next. What comes next after Poker Face is episode one, season one of Columbo. Is that right? Yeah. That's Which... Smart which was a really interesting watch because the first episode of Columbo ever was uh, written by Steven Bochco and directed by a young lad named Steven Spielberg. What? Yeah. He'll go far. You know, he's got a future, I think. Um, kids, have you enjoyed yourselves? Well, if you did, it's because of these two guys, man. Give it up for Banff, man. Uh, and give it up for the man without whom there is no fat man beyond. You'd imagine it's me, but no. 
I'd be doing anything else. You know me. I fucking am always trying to be in your face and shit. Smear my brand all over the corporate landscape. The only reason there's a fat man beyond is because good old Mark Bernardin is the only one with the balls to actually tell you what he thinks about Ant-Man and Creed. <laughs> Going out on a limb. Uh, there it is. Don't forget. Friday, we're doing this again, man. If you're sitting there going, what? Fucking Friday? No, that's when I go out and drink. Well, may I suggest you sit in and drink mm. and watch us do this fucking wonderful show where we're to talk about all the culture that pops right here on Fat Man Beyond, man. Tickets for all that other shit happening in New Jersey at csmod.com, kids. Don't forget. Hopefully, we'll see you there, man. We need some help on Streets of Fire. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Streets of Fire has been the toughest sell, man. I keep chalking it up to a Thursday night, but you got to convince people. So that's why I keep saying it stars the Snyder versus Martha Kent. <laughs> Which is either a draw or a warning. The draw in our world. Uh, there it is, my friends. Uh, there's your fat man beyond. There's your fucking fat man beyond for tonight. Uh, for Fat Man Beyond, I'm Kevin Smith. I am Mark Bernard. Tune in next time, kids. Same fat time, same fat channel, smodcast.com or youtube.com slash Kevin Smith. Jeff's kiss, everybody. Mwah. This has been a Smodco Internet production. Sip only at smodcast.com.